Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 33 of the Fly Route Podcast. We are doing this one a little bit different. We are going to be live potting on YouTube during the NFL draft. We want to give you all our first take reactions to everything we are going to see tonight. I imagine it's going to be a exciting night. The first round will be relatively interesting. We have a couple of little things here and there that we want to talk to you all about during the downtime throughout the draft. You know, keep the general aesthetic of the show the same. But as currently, we are waiting for the number one pick in the NFL draft for the Jacksonville Jaguars, who presumptively since like what? January. We're taking Trevor Lawrence, but for some reason, I mean, really October, uh, October. Well, at first we thought the Jets were going to get the pick and then they won that game. Okay. Okay. I got to stop you. Roger Goodell's walking out on stage right now. All right. We're getting close to having the pick in. Let me, ESPN has on their end. They still say the Jags are on the clock, but Goodell's on the stage at least. All right. This is just his normal opening, but we're 12 minutes in and we haven't had a pick yet, which is, which is odd. They're running on CP time over there on the NFL, huh? They are. Still no pick? Still no pick? Or is he just doing the intro? No, he just intro. Still no pick. Let's All right. get back to it. I was So, presumptively, they were taking Trevor Lawrence's January back as soon as the Jets decided to win that game. I guess, was it the Raiders? I, I believe so. Yes, it was. Or was it the Browns? Zero blitz. Was it the Browns or the Raiders? Yeah, it was the Raiders. Okay. Yeah. They, yeah. The D, the DC for the Jets called that zero blitz. And then they ended up, uh, <laughs> uh, I guess winning the game. Off, but uh, Off the defense coordinator, his job that day. Right. <laughs> Honestly, everybody was already getting fired. So like, let's not, let's not. But those from you're already getting fired, so we got to fire you right now. Something has gone very, very wrong. Something does have to go very, very wrong, and that is generally how you get the number one pick in the NFL draft. So hopefully these pick up a little bit soon. But while we, while we got some time, while we got some time, uh, let's talk about something that's fresh, right? The Broncos, they pick at nine tonight, I'm pretty sure, right? Sure. They traded for Teddy Bridgewater, like what, yesterday? Literally yesterday. Literally yesterday, Teddy Bridgewater over to the Broncos. Do you still have them penciled in for a quarterback at nine? I mean, in our mock draft, we were really thinking they were going to do it. Well, is Teddy Bridgewater the long-term solution is the real question. Is Teddy Bridgewater a bridge quarterback for the guy they're going to take tonight? He's going to play for a year, maybe some more until this guy is ready. I would have to imagine if they're moving up or they're at number nine, they're going to get one of the top five prospects. We're going to probably see four or five quarterbacks go here. Um, in the top 10. And so the question is, can they get a Mac Jones? Can they get a Trey Lance and have him wait a year behind Bridgewater, who I think we know his ceiling is pretty low at this point. We know what he can and can't do. And, you know, just have him help you until you get your next guy. Uh, really much of the way it, the Panthers did last year, they had Bridgewater and uh, played for a year, no rumors, offseason comes, and they trade for uh, their guy, Sam Darnold, and then ship him out of town. Uh, Is so Sam Donner their guy? Like that happened. What's that? Is Sam Donner their guy? Sam Donner is their guy. Everything coming out of North Carolina says that they are all in on him. Um, they want to make their team more option? exciting. Have they picked it up yet? Let me let me see. They have I not. I'm yeah. telling you, they have not. 
They are waiting to pick up that fifth-year option. So at eight, they are right before the Broncos. They could easily try to go quarterback if someone falls their way. And then is Sam Donald still their guy? I mean, look, 15 minutes late. I, I mean, who am yeah, I? They're now officially on the clock. So I expect oh. to have a, a pick coming in here now real soon. Okay. But so. This draft is quarterbacks. This is all about quarterbacks. Uh, I do think we will see... I don't think we, we may not see a defensive player picked until the 10th pick with the, at the Cowboys, um, which is kind of crazy. This draft is really deep on quarterbacks and offensive linemen. Um, and so we're going to have a lot of questions, especially when those trades start coming in. And what does that mean for this team's plans for the future, et cetera? Okay. Okay. You only hope the Cowboys make the pick of deciding defense at 10. Oh, I absolutely hope they do. There are some really good players. I have the opinion they should take a, a cornerback, someone in the safe uh, uh, cornerback. Uh, we talked about this a couple weeks ago on the pod when we did our mock draft. Um, I think the kind of number one choice that everyone is kind of agree upon is Patrick Chertain, the the second out of Alabama. Um, but I think personally, a lot of mock drafts have uh, J.C. Horn being selected. They're two very different kind of corners. And we'll talk about this more when the Cowboys make their pick when they're on the clock. Uh, but I hear some some rumors that they could also look at the linebacker out of Penn State, Micah Parsons, who opted out last year. Okay, let me start with first. I give you a lot of shit when you said J.C. Horn earlier in the process, and since then the name J.C. Horn stock has risen significantly. So I will give you your props there. I was like, Sertain is by far the best corner in the draft. That's where you all should go. But people are saying J.C. Horn might be the guy. He's a I guess you want Joe speak. Horn, former wide receiver for the Saints. Yes. Uh, he ran like a 4-3-9. He's more of a press man corner. Uh, Jalen Ramsey. He's a Jalen Ramsey type. He will follow the guy and try to shut him down. And apparently he did it to Cal Pitts. He held Cal Pitts to four yes. catches when they played each other this year. Exactly that. Yes. And the Cowboys had to be thinking all the teams with offense would need a shutdown corner that can follow the guy out on the field and can take away a team's number one threat. And that's J.C. Horn, and they don't have that right now. So, uh, look, J.C. Horn definitely sounded way better now than it did when we originally started having our conversation. So, facts, I'm with you there. Do my research. Hey, look, <laughs> look, look, you coming up hot. Uh, Micah Parsons, though, like, man, everybody that's talking about him is like, there are some off-the-field issues that you should be careful of. And I'm just like, man, that is by and far Cowboys, like, what? To well, a Jerry t- don't care. Yeah. yeah. Jerry's like, oh, off the field issues. That's the guy I want in my locker room. He knows how to have problem, a good time. The problem I'm having is that no one is talking about the same off the field issues with Mac Jones. No one. <laughs> two DUIs. <laughs> two DUIs. One in high school and one in college. How are those not questions? I don't even know what Michael Parsons did, but I know because no one is, they're like character issues and that's it. They don't go into any more detail versus Mac Jones may as well be the son of Jesus and he's ready to compete right now. And he is good to go. And everything on paper says that's absolutely like, maybe he's ready to play NFL right now. Right. But does he have the character to be there for you every week? Is he going to have another DUI in the NFL, have a suspension? Is he going to end up uh, doing something else that's a little bit reckless that he should know better? Uh, We have, I would hate for him to be drafted and then we tee off on him in, in three months or whatever, or in four months, because he got a DUI before he made it to his first game. Do you really hate that? 
I'll say it's possible. Oh my gosh, what's wrong with the Jags, and why are they still taking so long? I'm not sure. I mean, I've had the I've seen the camera pan to Trevor Lawrence a few times, and um, he's just kind of sitting there. He's not already got a phone call. At least if he has, he has a great poker face. Uh, I'm not sure what's going on with that. Dude, the people of Jacksonville were donating to his wedding. That's the phone call. In fact, I think they would riot. You know why people love rioting. Uh, they should. If they do, like, ugh. huge crowd out there for the draft. Though. That's kind of shocking. Is it? I think they're like, we are back. There's no mask or packed in there. Like, if you hadn't told me it was a pandemic, I'd be questioning it right now. Look, they said that they would strictly enforce the mask protocols and all that other stuff, but that was like, come on now. There are uh, certainly some people wearing masks. The people that they have on camera all the time are wearing masks, but. I can't say much beyond that. Well, with the camera work. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's the equivalent of, like, the a homegirl that sits on the toilet seat. Uh, not the toilet seat, the, um, uh, the sink. The sink in the bathroom to make her ass look fat. That's the camera work <laughs> draft for people wearing masks. You blame them, though? Uh, yeah, I guess like just sit in it. Like, who you who you trying to fool? So the Jacks have to make this pick in the next uh, five minutes before actually hey, four minutes of like change. Suspense. Like, I, I'm like, I'm with the suspense at this point. They wasted so much time. What if they like take Zach Wilson or something crazy? Oh, that hurt my heart. I would. You kind of like to see it. What up? Something interesting, start the draft off with a shocker. That would certainly be a shocker. But, you know, and the interesting thing is, so Trevor Lawrence, of course, the quotes came out this past week. His dad said, you know, he doesn't, it's not burning desire for him to play football. It's not a burning desire for him to be a quarterback. And, uh, you know, from everything I can see, it looks like he's a little concerned. <laughs> uh, I got to imagine if he is not the number one pick, we're going to see something on his face that, that, that tells us disappointment. This is going to be one of those, kind of Aaron Rodgers moments where you watch him kind of wilt in the green room. Well, he's at home, but you're going to try to watch him wilt. It's not going to be good. Uh, look, here's what I like. If he ain't got a trip on his shoulder yet, that might give him one. He needs one. You know, I think the best players in any sport, no matter how good you are, you need that thing that motivates you every morning when you wake up. We, of course, have heard all the famous stories about Michael Jordan from basketball and Kobe making up making up things people did to him just so he could have, find the motivation on a random Wednesday to drop 30 on you in the first half. Uh, we've heard about Tom Brady, uh, who takes things very, very personally. And so I think the great ones show us that, that taking it personal, having a chip on your shoulder has to be a part of it. And even guys who don't have the talent on paper but have that attitude always, always overachieve. And that's, I, I love an underdog who overachieves. I love a guy on top who's not willing to just succumb to his talent. Uh, okay, we got some action in the Jaguars' war room right now. They're clapping uh, and dancing. Um, so I think the pick is coming in right now. Okay. So I'll well, let you know when Roger Goodell walks out on stage. I believe the Jets are officially on the clock now. Wait, finally? Yeah, the pick is in. The pick is in. Oh, finally, the pick is in. 
Man, people on Twitter are so angry with the Jags taking so long. They've had months. Usually, it should be, you know, the first round pick would be signed before the draft. And it's been months since they knew they had the number one pick, and it's just now coming in. Like, damn. Uh, uh, so much for the draft going quickly today. Yeah, it looks very, very unlikely did, now. Did Trevor, did Trevor Lawrence's mom give his girlfriend the stink eye? My TL is like, yo, like Trevor Lawrence's mom don't like his girlfriend, which I guess is now wife. So, <laughs> future, future wife, I presume. They already get married. I thought they just got married very recently. The people of Jacksonville gave them a bunch of wedding presents and stuff, and they made donations to the people of Jacksonville afterwards. It was a whole, like, I guess, beautiful moment. Beautiful moment. That's great. All right, Roger Goodell's walking out now. Uh, let's uh, wait for the pick. The uh, pick is finally in. Oh, man, the signs are actually the best part of the draft so far. Someone had a sign that said, free Josh Gordon. <laughs> uh, oh, All right. Free flash, you know, Josh Gordon, former Cleveland Brown, then New England Patriot, then Seattle Seahawks. I mean, I guess could not stop, could not, as Stephen A. would say, stay off the weed. Pick is in. It's Trevor Lawrence, as we all expected. Jacks fans are celebrating. Uh, We are going to get to the number two pick now. Hopefully the Jets have already submitted their pick (laughs) once they knew the Jacks took Trevor Lawrence. Uh, He looks happy right now. He's clapping, hugging his his wife uh, and his mom, and looks like a beautiful celebration. You know, we talked about a few weeks ago. him staying at home and not wanting to attend the draft in person or in Jacksonville, I think that's totally the, the right option. He he looks very comfortable and very happy um, and gets to, I, I would assume, have a nice party tonight to celebrate uh, being the number one overall draft pick in the uh, NFL draft. I also imagine if you're the number one draft pick, like trying to actually show up to the draft kind of fucking sucks because like it's over for you as soon as it starts. Yeah, it's not really an event for you. You just kind of get in and out, and that's it. <laughs> All right. So, number two, like, the draft won't even really get interesting until three. Three, four, yeah, that's when it kind of heats up. That's what we thought from the beginning. You know, we said um, the teams at the top, we know what they need. They need quarterbacks. And so, uh, you know, this is what it is until – you know, a team um, makes a surprise move. I think we'll get into some of that, uh, you know, in the later picks, but we'll see. I want to see some trades. All right, all right, all right. Let's, let's while we're waiting, while we're rocking, while we're rocking. All right, I want to talk about, let's talk about Antonio Brown. It's finally okay. happened, right? He's back with the Bucks. At this point, the Bucks have, Brought back their entire Super Bowl winning roster, coaching staff, etc. He has about a one year deal, three mil minimum, up to six point five in incentives. Is this a win for Antonio Brown? Uh, absolutely. I think at this point, he was on the market long enough to know that most other teams are not going to give him the kind of money that he wants at this point in his career. And I think at this point, he's only going to get one year deals. Being able to go back to Tampa, where he supposedly has a relationship with Tom Brady that is special, uh, being able to make, uh, I think it's like $3 million guaranteed or something like that, 
um, is the best case scenario for him right now. And, and not to mention, this, it's like you just said, this team brought back. I believe I looked at it or heard a, a stat this morning, uh, you know, driving that they returned all of their Super Bowl starters and coaches, like you said. They returned their top 16 uh, snap uh, count people on offense and the top 22 or something like that on defense. It is nuts. It is ridiculous. It has never been done before. And so they have a decent chance to run it back. As much as I hate on Tom Brady, uh, I would be very dumb to, to, to say they have no chance to run it back. And so obviously it's a good chance for Antonio Brown. He got one ring that was so elusive. He got signed when no one else wanted to sign him for more money than most people wanted to give him. This is a win-win for both him and Tampa Bay because if he messes up, he's gone with almost no penalty on the team. Okay, I'm with you. I'm with you. I am with you there. Are the Jets still on the clock? Jets are still on the clock. There's about four minutes left right now on the clock. What are they taking so long for? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking. I'm thinking based on the way this works that one day I'll be able to get a GM job or a consulting job. I'll be fine if I were like a Will McClay. You know who Will McClay is? Not familiar. Uh, explain. Oh, he's the VP of Cowboys personnel. He's actually the person who does all the football work. He is de facto a GM and has just refused to leave the team to actually take on the role of general manager because his setup in Dallas is so nice. But the black man, very intelligent, has been hired or, or interviewed for GM jobs every offseason. Obviously, we've seen what the Cowboys have done with their draft picks over the last decade or so. He is the man mostly responsible for that. I think I could do that. What do you think? Can an average person possibly step in and be a GM, given enough time and research, et cetera. I mean, I'll say I, not average, average college educated person. Let's, let's say that at least. Oh, I don't know if you need to be college educated, man. Like, can you evaluate talent? Can you evaluate character? Those are kind of the two main things that are kind of put you on your way, right? If you can evaluate talent, you'll pick the right players, get you in the right spot. If you can evaluate character, you will be able to create a strong culture and whiffing on those things are very dangerous. Right. We yeah, absolutely is like Ryan Pace. was actually, look, this, that's the thing. There's not a lot of leeway for a GM. If you think about it, Ryan Pace has made a ton of great moves. Khalil Mack trade years later looks great. Hits in the draft on defense. Some hits in the draft on offense, you know, uh, pick is in. We're waiting on Roger Goodell right now. Okay. So picks, uh, some picks that hit offensively, but one really large swing and miss. Mitch Trubisky. Could you evaluate talent? Well, that's the thing. Everyone said that Mitch wasn't going to be what, you know, people were projecting. And, and Ryan Pace is the Bears GM, right? I'm going to get the name wrong. Mm-hmm. He, he he thought that he saw something more. And the, and the real question is, and I've heard this a lot, it's the comparison to Deshaun Watson. And though with everything going on right now, that's uh, people have a lot of in their mind. But going back to that draft, Deshaun Watson was in the same conference as, uh, as you know, what's his name? And they played each other, and Deshaun was better. Uh, flat out better, uh, more dominant, uh, the better thrower, I think the better athlete. Um, he had more tape. He had won a national championship. And you all decided, I don't know if you're claiming them right now, but you all decided that 
you had no interest in Deshaun Watson whatsoever. Like, uh, they, they didn't even lie and say his injury history scared us off, which would have been reasonable. They just said, no, we like Mr. Bisky. Look, so I have to say, they can't evaluate talent. Look, that is, that's the thing. The Jets have officially, with the number two pick in the NFL draft, taken the quarterback from BYU, Zach Wilson. Skip Bayless immediately tweets, Zach Wilson looks like he's 14. <laughs> so, he's, I, I, Skip must know something I don't because Roger Goodell has not spoken yet. His team's not been updated yet. <laughs> I think that's the pick. But let's wait just a few seconds. Roger is walking out to the podium right now. So we will get uh, the pick. Yep, Zach Wilson, just as we expected, uh, to the Jets. Um, like we talked about last week, I'm not sure if that's the right pick. I'm not sure that Zach Wilson is not the guy in this draft who's a bust, who people look back and say, look at number one, the number two, is it going to be Peyton Manning and Ryan? What are your thoughts? Wow. The, the comparison is bust. savage. See, <laughs> no, it's not just, I'm not saying that Zach Wilson's going to end up in prison. But I'm saying, you know, number one and two seemed like a really close competition coming out of that draft and people weren't sure who they were going to pick. And I'm not sure that Zach Wilson is anywhere close to Trevor Lawrence, at least in my opinion. Uh, but that's not what the, the Jets think. Obviously, they're, they're football people. Um, and I think he's one of the most likely to bust, not just because of, uh, you know, the things we talked about on the field, but the New York Jets as an organization has been very, very dysfunctional for a very long time and have not shown the ability to draft high-quality talent and, and develop it over time. I mean, they end up essentially drafting a, a high-ranking quarterback every four or five years. You look back over the past decade or so, they've had, of course, now Zach Wilson. Uh, San Francisco is now on the clock. That's the pick we're remaining for. We don't know what they're going to do. I'm, all right, all right. What, what, what you feeling? What you feeling? That's the one what that... What am I feeling? Yes. This is, yeah. I, I think I'm going to stick with my, my gut. I'm going to say it's going to be Trey Land. Um, I think that... Shanahan is going to see all the things that he can do with him. And, it, and I think in his mind, Trey Lance has possibly the highest ceiling, right? If you can get him to, you know, learn a couple quarterback things, because he hasn't had a lot of time as quarterback, but he's a football player, he's an athlete, uh, then you're going to be uh, good for a very, very long time. And it's gonna look, everyone's going to look back and say, well, why didn't we take Trey Lance? Or why didn't we think, well, look at Trey Lance or consider him? And he's not going to be there for everybody else. But if the Jets and Zach Wilson ends up being a bust and the Niners take Trey Lance and he ends up being a facsimile of Patrick Mahomes or even, heck, I'll, I'll take a Lamar Jackson who can throw a little bit better. That's the problem. That's the problem. Uh, that means that the Jets did not know what they were doing and did not see time because they also have the choice right here of taking Trace Fields uh, 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 out of uh, Ohio State who also has huge shoot upside. That's the name huge that I've upside. heard about as of late though yeah i have not heard a lot of fields i have heard a lot of they really really like mac jones but as of this like tuesday morning they weren't sure who they were gonna pick and that really scares me how do you not know you've had all this time we've had trevor lawrence and zach wilson slotted in as the number one and two picks for months now and if you're the niners and you traded up what was it a month or two ago now they've at least known they've had this pick for a long time how do you not know who you want if you're trading up that high? What I've heard is that they traded up with Mac Jones in mind, and that was the plan. And as they started doing their due diligence research to not look like the Chicago Bears, if Mac Jones did not work out, they started getting extremely impressed with Trey Lance. 
and then it started moving the needle away from Mac Jones. Um, they seem to be up in the air just like two days ago, according to them. But obviously, it could all just be BS. But oh, I am excited to see where we go next. Yeah, and I'm not saying that that Mac Jones, if he goes to the Niners, is going to be terrible or a bust. I think that in that offense with Kyle Shanahan, he could make a lot of very bad quarterbacks look very good. Uh, I think we would all say Jimmy Garoppolo was very average this season. They went to the Super Bowl and didn't throw the ball very well that season. He was and they average. ran the ball well and played defense. He was, he was average in the playoffs. I think during the season, he was actually quite good. And you could tell they didn't trust him. So they took the ball out of his hands in the playoffs. Like, I want to say he won a playoff game throwing the ball like eight times. Yeah. I believe you'd be correct about that. So, I mean, if that's, if that's the way you're thinking about it, then sure. He can do lots of great things with Max Jones. Max Jones is a good thrower of the football. He makes quick reads. The ball comes out accurately. Uh, he's in the Alabama system, so you know he knows how to be a pro. Uh, it's a very good chance. He has connections to other coaches on your roster already or other players coming out because of who Alabama is. And I'm not, if he goes to San Francisco, he could probably still be a very good player. But the, the question for San Francisco can't be, can Max Jones be a good player here? It's who is the best quarterback here uh, for the next six, seven, eight years? And to me, that's either Trey Lance or Justin Fields. Okay. I mean, I don't think anybody that goes to San Francisco will do poorly. Like Nick Mullins looked okay in San Francisco in that offense. Am I lying? You tell the truth, which is the point. Yes. <laughs> A lot of people, the, the Shanahan's, both Kyle um, and his dad, Mike, are known for their offensive schemes. Particularly, they're known for their run scheming. That's their, their bread and butter. Uh, but they're known for just being intelligent play designers and offensive game callers who get the most out of everyone. Look back at the track record that Kyle Shanahan has had with quarterbacks in the past uh, seven years or so. We go back to 2013 with RG3. He tore up the NFL his rookie year and had not been for tearing up his knee in that playoff game. Uh, I believe RG3 and, the, and, and, well, I guess the Redskins, now the Washington football team, would still be tearing oh. up the NFC East. They about to change their name again. Yeah, I hope they get it changed before the next regular season starts, so you actually have something to call them. I don't see flipping up. But then look at what happened with Kyle Shanahan in Atlanta with Matt Ryan, who was a good quarterback, but before nor after has he ever played as well as he played when Kyle Shanahan was calling plays. Yes, they lost that Super Bowl once they were up twenty-eight to three, but Kyle Shanahan, I can't say that was his fault. Uh, Matt Ryan. For example, took a sack and could have thrown the ball away uh, when they could have had a field goal and still the deal, basically. That's not on Kyle Shanahan, but Kyle Shanahan got them there. He, he made Matt Ryan MVP level. Um, and that, to a lot of people, seems difficult to do. <laughs> you know, he seemed like a good quarterback, but not an MVP kind of quarterback. But Kyle Shanahan did it, and now he's gone to San Francisco and he's got a Super Bowl, going to a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo. It is, yeah, this guy can, he, he's a great coach. Obviously, we can see that. He makes People who are already talented that much better. And if you're average, he's going to make you look very good. Take it in. In, yeah. Waiting for Roger to walk out. Yeah, I will also say just like, man, Matt Ryan gets a lot of disrespect for probably at worst being the 12th or 11th worst quarterback in the NFL. According to everybody, he is better than that Prescott, but they dump on Matt Ryan, I think, harder than that. Yeah, like he is by far well above average top 11 quarterback in the NFL. Consistently gets shit on. 
I mean, the question here, and we're going to talk about this in a moment, number four is, should Atlanta take a quarterback? Should they take an, a skill position player? Should they trade back and get picks? And the question, or the conclusion we've come to is that they can't get rid of Matt Ryan contractually by trade or, or it'd, be, it'd be damn difficult. I know we all said the same thing about the, the Stafford and the golf trade, but this is very similar. But who takes up? But, but in this case, Ryan is older, has had more injuries, more major injuries, et cetera, than either of those players. Uh, do you trade for Matt Ryan right now? If you do, how much are you giving up for him, like a 36-year-old quarterback who makes upwards of $30 million a year? Um, and so that's the question. I don't think there are a lot of suitors out there when you can go and get a quarterback in the draft or just be bad and be good and high in the draft next year. Uh, although I'll say that the quarterback class next year is not as good. Okay, I'm with you. I'm with you. The pick is in. Let's see what we get. I'm actually excited for this pick. None of the other picks. Are you oh, I, yeah. Okay. That was my pick in the mock draft. That was my pick yes. in the mock draft. Trey Lance, indeed. It has actually happened. Is Matt Jones going to take that tumble? Now is really the question because no one else, uh, really, until 15 is linked to him. No. Here's what I think that's going to happen. I've heard rumors about this the last uh, 48 hours or so. The rumors are New England's going to move up for Matt Jones, possibly into the top 10. I don't. I don't. I I love this Trey Lance pick, though, from Atlanta. We're going to talk about this for a second. When we did our quarterback special over a month ago, when people were all saying Matt Jones, I said, no, 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 no. Trey Lance is the guy. And for all the reasons that we just said, he looked phenomenal. Uh, not last year because he, he only played one game, but the year before that at North Dakota State. And we know that North Dakota State has the ability to produce NFL-level talent. That is where Carson Wentz came from at the number two overall pick. So now we have North Dakota State, which is now somehow the quarterback power of the, of the, of the North and have produced two top uh, you know, five picks in the past, what, five years? That's that incredible is, for that, a very small facts. school. That is facts. We, we talked about this. Trey Lance is an amazing pick at number three. 49ers fans, be reasonable. You probably won't see him much uh, this year at That's all. Good. Size in preseason, uh, if there is one. So in a year or two, this could be the guy that's tearing up the league. I feel like they are going to take the Mahomes-style blueprint here in which they are going to let him sit behind Jimmy G, let Jimmy G be the starter. And the only thing that pushes Trey into the fire early is Jimmy G getting hurt again, which unfortunately is not super unlikely by any stretch of the imagination. But I'm excited for this. I think this was the pick that was going to happen. I am on the record saying Justin Fields was the right pick personally, but I love this pick. It is not bad at all. I'm excited to see what he ends up becoming. It's just going to take us a while to actually get to see that. That's absolutely true. And I'm okay with that because I think that given some time, he can develop into a truly good NFL passer and a great running quarterback who has a good handle on the offense um, and the defensive schemes he's going to see in the NFL and also be able to make NFL throws on a regular basis. You know, there's, People don't talk about this enough. There's a big difference between NFL and college for two reasons. The first are the hash marks. You can see them right here on our logo. Uh, those are the hash marks. And in college, those are much wider uh, than they are in the NFL. And so you have some different kinds of throws. So, for example, the quarterback standing right where that L is at in the middle of the field, he has to make a, a throw way out over here by the E in the fly route. 
well, that's a long throw. It's got to go all the way across the field diagonally. And so that quarterback has to be able to have a strong arm to get that out quickly and also know when to throw it. I think Trey Lance has all the talent to do that. It's a question of giving him time to develop the mental uh, kind of part of the game to match the physical that he already has. Okay. I'm telling you, I, I saw some of this coming once Mac Jones was not the pick. I just don't think a lot of people had Mac Jones highly on their list ahead of time. He's the guy that I'm interested to see where it goes now. The next team that needs a quarterback reasonably doesn't pick until eight. Right. And you count Darnold doesn't pick until nine. And if you count Teddy Bridgewater doesn't pick until 10, but then that's the Cowboys. So they need defense. There's no way they're taking a quarterback. Yes. <laughs> well, they need, they need defense, but they just played Dak the most guaranteed money in NFL history. There is quite literally no chance in hell for the Cowboys to take a quarterback. If the Cowboys take a quarterback here, um, I'll give you $10,000. <laughs> okay? It's not going to happen. I mean, look, <laughs> I doubt it's going to happen. That's probably not what Jimmy's going to allow to happen. Jerry's going to allow to happen. Uh, I'm in, but I'm okay. Here we are, Atlanta. I don't think Atlanta's trading this pick, which is shocking. And I think if they're not trading this pick, because there's only three minutes left on the clock, they will pick Kyle Pitts at four. Take the best player in the draft at any position. I wish we had a Falcon fan on so we could get a live reaction from them. Oh, Eric from Zone Six. If you don't already know, Eric from Zone Six, uh, Watcher, listener of the pod, always giving us a lot of feedback. Honestly, push for the live draft reaction, which we're having a lot of fun with right now. Giving him a nice little shout out, some thanks, some praise, etc. I am I'm excited to see what's going to happen. If they take Kyle Pitts, Atlanta can't be mad. It's a great pick. If they go O-line and we see, you know, maybe uh, Sewell go off early, the pick is in. Two plus minutes left on the clock. Finally, people are getting it going. I need that to happen. I'm not trying to be up until 11 o'clock for the first round tonight. Oh, <laughs> like everybody in America, I have work tomorrow. <laughs> it'd be midnight. What, or Yeah, it'd be midnight, basically. I, started late, I love yeah. the draft. I love football. But like I said, got work tomorrow. Want to see this. Unfortunately, I don't get to do this full time. I wish I could talk about sports and do the podcast. Um, with you full time, but uh, unfortunately, we do have day jobs, and so that sometimes limits our ability to stay up till twelve o'clock, one o'clock, talking about uh, football or basketball or whatever. So there's plenty of West Coast games, also in basketball. I don't get to see that are on past midnight. Oh, uh, yeah, that's always been the case. Okay, that that is okay. I'm I'm interested to see what they do here. I, I was talking to Eric. Eric's from Atlanta. He's a lot of the person that like to get my like in Atlanta feel for stuff. We we're talking about Pitts. If you take Pitts, everybody's excited because Pitts is a generational talent. You've only heard amazing things about Kyle Pitts. He's 6'6", 245, can play like a receiver. Is they say he's the next coming, right? So he called himself possibly going to be the greatest tight end of all time. We're looking live at the Atlanta Falcons war room right now. They look very happy. Uh, the pick is in. We're expecting Roger Goodell to walk out on the stage any moment now and announce. Uh, I think the question now that the pick is in is, assuming Atlanta takes Kyle Pitts, who does Cincinnati take? Do they take the no stool? 
or do they take uh, Jamar Chase? Uh, okay, so here's I think the right thing to do is to take Panay Sewell, right? It, he is the best. Kyle Pitts it is. Yep. He's pretty good so far. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's kind of what you expected. If they didn't trade that pick back, they were going to take Kyle Pitts. It's not bad at all. He's Dave. People have actively said he is by far the best player in the draft. And since we are now the Cal Pitts pick, it is at four. It has happened. I want to move us into a conversation about Julio Jones. Have you heard all the rumors about they are now accepting calls for Julio Jones? Possible trading him. They're interested in looking at it. Calvin really was a beast. I think he was a top five, top seven receiver last year with Julio Hurt. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't them like he was a beast because, you know, the top corner wasn't paying attention to him. They were paying attention to Julio. Julio was on the sidelines. He was being covered as wide receiver one, and he burned people last year. Now they added Cal Pitts to that offense. Do they still need Julio, or does it make sense to possibly let him go, trade up, uh, uh, trade out, Get some get some more picks, possibly in this draft, and make their team even stronger. Where, where do you see this going? So, a few things. Do they need Julio to be good? Absolutely not. There are plenty of teams that have one good tight end and one good wide receiver, one very good wide receiver, and they do just fine. But you look at the top teams in this league, and they stockpile talent. And not to mention Julio, you know, you got him for two more years. This year, really expensive. He's at about $15 million that you're paying him for a hit of about twenty three. But he's, you know, until I see a drop off in the production of Julio, I, I'm going to want a lot back for him. He's still a top notch player. Um, they just gave him his, his three year extension, uh, I believe, not too long ago. And so, you know, it doesn't for me like a lot of things based on that. Now, the other thing, of course, is money. This is this is the question of, of cap of cap space. They have Matt Ryan who makes a lot of money. They have Julio Jones who makes a lot of money. Uh, and if they're trying to give uh, the team as good a chance as possible to compete at the end of this kind of window for Matt Ryan, which with the Kyle Pitts kick now in, that's what they're obviously doing. Um, there's a question of who else do you need defensive help? Do you need offensive line help? Do you just need more players to be able they're to sign? Atrocious. So they- the question is, if we all kind of knew one, two in the draft, the question was, uh, I think three and four, who the picks were going to be. We all said Kyle Pitts was the best pass catcher. Pass, oh, I can't talk. Pass catcher in the draft, and so likely to be a top five NFL draft pick. And so, if I'm Atlanta, this is a question I should have asked myself two months ago uh, at the start of NFL free agency, essentially, uh, because if you were going to trade Julio, it seemed like the time to do it was then, so you could use that now freed up, you know, cap space in order to sign some free agents that could have an impact on your team next year. Um, if they didn't have the decision on Matt Ryan, that makes sense why they didn't do that. But I think, honestly, now it's a little too late to trade him to get maximal value back for both the draft picks that you could get, as well as being able to turn the new cap space into free agent signings. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, hold on one second. Wow, number four, the highest a tight end has ever been taken. Yeah, right, that's saying, you know, number four is the highest a tight end has ever been taken in the draft. I that's mean, crazy because there's been kicker shots with higher. Not recently, but it's happened. Oh, yeah. I need, I, I, I want the story on that. Uh, the most recent one is too bad. Sebastian Janikowski, who I believe currently kicks for the uh, Seahawks, but was a, I believe, 
let me see here. Let me get this right. Okay, he was the first round pick, of number 17 overall, but let me look at who in general was the highest draft. Yeah, pick. drafting a kicker 17th overall is aggressive. Yeah. I mean, he's I mean, he's been in the league now for be 21 years. So it didn't it doesn't look ridiculous. He has one of the biggest legs, but it's a lot of draft capital. Uh, I guess he he retired last year, but a lot of draft capital for a kicker. But uh, yeah, I believe that's the highest. So 17. That's pretty high. I want to see when is the highest a tight end has been drafted. Yeah, a lot of the like goat tight ends were not highly drafted people. Like Shannon. Oh Sharp. no, not at all. Um, Travis Kelsey not highly drafted. Kiddo not highly drafted. Where was Antonio Gates drafted? He was an undrafted free agent. He was a basketball player. Okay. He was out of San Diego. Yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, Kent yeah, okay. The, the, or, yeah, the highest drafted tight end before Kyle Pitts was the 1961 uh, future Hall of Famer Mike Itka, who was drafted by your Chicago Bears. That was a great draft pick. They could draft back then, I guess. <laughs> Look, we, the one thing we could never do is draft quarterbacks. Uh, yeah. Okay, I'm hearing the pick is in for Cincinnati. Are you putting your money on Panay Sewell or Jamar Chase? That's the corner. I honestly don't know. I think I'm Jamar Chase because uh, the Bengals are bad. And they are Bengals are bad, but the connection between Chase and uh, Joe Burrow. That is why they make the pick, and it is the wrong pick to make, because you should want a left tackle that can defend your quarterback immensely and protect him because just he got hurt pick in the draft. He just got hurt. He has not played a full season of football. And if he is supposed to transform your organization, give him time to throw the ball, protect I'm him. I'm going to say the right pick here is Panay Sewell. That's who I think they'll draft. Let's assume, you know, give them some good intentions that the Bengals have turned over a new lease. It's not like the Bengals have been a bad team in the past. They never made it out of the first round of the playoffs or the no, their first playoff game. And so they've made the playoffs plenty of times. They've drafted well. They've had talent. The question is having talent in all the right places. I think the right pick here to have talent on the offensive line and, like you said, protect their, their new quarterback investment. It's going to be left tackle. The best left tackle and offensive lineman in the draft, I think everyone said, uh, is Sewell. Yeah. The pick is in. Um, well, commercial break right now for some reason, but I'm sure as soon as we get back, Roger Goodell will be on the stage to announce the Bengals selection. Agreed. Agreed, man. I am excited. I am excited to see what happens here. Uh, at this point, the draft is about to actually start getting interesting. Interesting. Right. Um, this is where, uh, you know, we, we had a hard time when we did our mock draft. Uh, uh, you know, trying to figure out who was going to get drafted in these picks. And we're looking at team needs. We're looking at who's the best available player left. All of that. So far, our mock draft has been correct, but like you should have gotten one and two right. Three was a little bit of a coin toss, but I was pretty sure about Trey Lance. Um, four being Cal Pitts is just not surprising. If Atlanta kept the pick, that's where they were going. Uh, I'm actually less sure about what the Dolphins do. At I said the Dolphins also go offense. If, if this pick for Cincinnati is. Is Jamar Chase out of LSU? I think Miami could possibly go Devontae Smith at Alabama. 
Really? Man, remember, we thought he was kind of going to fall. Last week's pod, we talked about that when his size came out and people found out that he was really like six feet, point two inches, not even like the six, three he claimed he was. He was like, you know, 166, possibly instead of like the 175. A lot smaller than people originally thought. Absolutely true. Uh, but I think my, the Dolphins really want a new offensive weapon for uh, Tua. I think it makes sense. They probably have some kind of connection or least a relationship already since Tua was at Alabama not too long ago. And so I think that pick makes a lot of sense, even with him being on the small side. All right, Roger Goodell's coming out now. Let's wait for the pick. Jamar Chase it is. It is Jamar Chase. Mm-hmm. My receiver out of LSU. I told you they looks nice. In his drippy white suit, he got sunglasses on indoors. I hope he's not high and some nice little braids. <laughs> Look, I knew they were gonna do this, and like that is, I mean, he's obviously extremely talented, right? He's a great pick. I'm shocked to say the least. Makes sense. I think their idea is that they they're, they're picking at the top end of these rounds because they're such a high draft pick. There is a very deep class of offensive linemen in this draft. Though they didn't get Pene Sewell, they can probably come back at the top of the second or third round and still get a really good offensive line talent. Sure. Okay. I'm with you. What's more likely? The second round offensive tackle being anywhere near as prolific as Pene Sewell, Rashawn Slater, if they wanted to address the other side of the line from Northwestern. there's another there's another pretty good guy that I think is going to go in the first round or are you finding a second round receiver that overachieves. Um I think if you know the chances of finding a receiver the, I think actually you know I, I disagree with that. I think finding the high end receiver is harder. Uh, I think the overachievers you can certainly find but I think finding an offensive lineman who's a little bit of a, a hidden gem is much easier at the top of the second round. You got to think a lot of teams in the first round, especially, we're going to see a lot of linemen taken, but I think because of the barrel being so deep this year, that there's, I mean, even when we did our mock draft, it was a question of which linemen should the Bears take or which linemen should this team take because there were so many high-quality kind of first-round projected linemen. And so I think that first-round projected pick on the line is going to fall to the second round. And I think that is a feel for the Bengals if they're, you know, picking, I believe, let's see, I want to say they're picking also, uh, let me look at the second-round draft order. Uh, they're picking the seventh pick in the second round, or sixth pick in the second round. Okay. Um, so that's not bad at all. Look, I'm just look. There are serviceable offensive linemen, and they are great offensive linemen. And when we're talking left tackle, like that's the money spot on the line. Like you might be able to find a decent guard, a good center further down, but. It ain't what I would do, but I'm not paid the big bucks to make the decisions. So <laughs> that's for a reason. No, I wish there was a nice handy graphic put together on left tackle draft position. Um, I got some rankings here on who the top tackles are. I'm going to do a little Googling since we're waiting on this next pick to see. Oh, actually, the Dolphins pick is already in. Okay. Oh, well, okay. I'm happy these are kind of moving a little bit faster now. I want to see what the what the Dolphins are going to do here. Do you think the Dolphins take Sewell because he's falling or just go Smith because they want the receiver? Oh, 
think they go Smith. Okay. I'm surprised they would take Smith over Jalen Waddle, g- given the size concerns. There are some concerns there, but I think there are a lot of small receivers that you can, you can overcome that. I mean, it's not like Jalen Waddle doesn't have a, the Alabama connection either. True. Uh, so, talking about tackles, uh, the, what is probably the second best tackle in the league, right tackle Mitchell Schwartz, who plays for the Kansas City Chiefs, was a second-round draft pick. He was uh, 37th overall, uh, the exact same spot that the Bengals pick in in round two. So I think, I mean, that by itself is proof you can find really high-quality uh, tackle talent. Oh, nah. um, That's like me saying Tom Brady was Mr. Irrelevant and he won eight Super Bowls, so it's proof that you can find another Mr. Irrelevant that will be successful. In this day and age... Not quite. I'm looking at Trent Brown, who's an offensive right tackle as well for the Raiders, uh, who was a seventh round draft pick. He's one of the top 10 tackles in this league. Uh, you know, so there are players who play offensive tackle in this league at a very high level who are second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, even seventh round draft picks. It's, I'm not saying it's likely, but with good scouting, it can, it can easily be done. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm like of the mind that the wide receiver position could kind of be the similar thing. That's fair. I think running backs are for sure like that. You can certainly uh, always Adams was the second round pick. Number 53. Jarvis Landry is a wait, honestly, I think Jarvis Landry's a third round pick. Uh he what number 63? Michael Thomas, second round pick, number 47. Juju, second round pick, 62. Jordy Nelson, second round pick. I, like I'm, I, I guess it's just if you see it, you see it. Anquan Bolden's also second round pick. Even really good serviceable South Carolina receivers, Michael Gallup out of Colorado, second round pick, I believe, for the Cowboys. So you can find lots of receivers. I think both are there. Pick is in. I don't know why Rogers not walking out here. He must be taking a sip of water or something. A sweet time. Sweet sweet time for the TV ratings. <laughs> but I gotta imagine if you're a person who's gonna watch the draft, you're gonna watch the draft no matter how long they take. I mean, I used to take a whole Saturday out to watch all seven rounds. <laughs> we only have the first round now in prime time, and so I'm sure people will watch either way. Uh, the pick is in. We're going to the stage now. Oh, they do go receiver. They go Jalen Waddle out of Alabama. Told they did indeed you. want their receiver. Told you so. Devontae Smith's size is a red flag that people actually believe in. I told you that if you thought they were going to go receiver anyway, they take Jalen Waddle. I think it's a good, a good pick still. Jalen Waddle's a bit shorter. For what Miami wants to do. 40 pounds on him. Well, 25. Yeah. All right. All right. I'm so it's like. One of the things on the screen now is that he had more receiving yards than Devontae Smith for Alabama last year before he broke his ankle. So I don't know why ESPN did that. The thing kind of dirty. Smith, who's still yet to be drafted, uh, putting that set up there. It's like, oh, he's more talented and better. Uh, but, you know, when he's not healthy, when we're st- throwing at Smith, he's still good. You know, that's kind of that's messed up. Now, the question here is what does Detroit do? Um, I have not heard any consensus on that whatsoever. Okay. 
When we did our mock draft, I was of the mind that Detroit would take a wide receiver at this position. The best wide receiver on the board is obviously Devonta Smith. I expect the fall to continue, unfortunately. Uh, I will say this. if Look, the smart thing for Detroit to do is to take Penesua. If they can't, oh, it says the pick is in for Detroit. They absolutely should. He's falling seven. It's really low to get Penesua. Uh, they need help for Jared Goff. He is not a mobile thrower. Uh, the Lions absolutely need a great offensive line for Jared Goff to really uh, be there. So, yeah, yeah. like if, it's, if he's going to fall, it's the right pick for them. It's the best player on the board. The Lions are absolutely atrocious across the board as a team. I get the need in the field to take wide receiver when you've let go of your top two wide receivers that you've had over the past couple of years. They had Kenny Galladay, and then they also had um, uh, who was the other guy? Uh, the one thing was Kenny Galladay. I'm not, I'm not having a name coming on mind. So let's talk about this. Pitch. He led. He led the leading yards after the catch for several years. Let's talk about the size of the two receivers. So Devontae Smith is six one. 6'1", 175. Uh, Dylan Waddle is showing up as 5'9.5", 180. Uh, so I would say they're probably more concerned if I am about the height than the weight. I think it, it, it's easy for Devonta, uh, Devonta Smith, who's closer to six foot ish um, who's 175, to put on a few pounds. Not, though, they, like they've weighed him recently officially, and he was both shorter and lighter than those stats that you are reading. That's right. The stats say six one. I'm saying six foot. Okay. Creek. And like six six, foot. 160, 166. He's lighter than. True. I, I'm going to give you that. No, Demarcus. When I told you his size, you said that you had fourth graders in your class bigger than this dude. I had not fourth, seventh graders, but bigger than both of them, actually. Seventh. <laughs> That's not the here nor there, though. They're both smaller guys. I'm making the argument that I think it's much easier for a receiver to get to the NFL, have weight training and a, and a chef and diet and put on 10 or 15 pounds of muscle, which would put Devontae Smith at the 180 kind of mark um, based on what you're saying about his weight versus Jalen Waddle's not going to grow. Five, nine and a half is short, even for some of the short wide receivers who've done great things in the NFL, like a Julian Edelman, like a Wes Welker, et cetera. That's all I'm saying. There are okay. size concerns for both. Okay. And I think you're right. Jalen Waddle's the more talented receiver who, according to, of course, ESPN, had the higher kind of level of production before he got hurt. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I, I, did, I, I do want to say it is a fact that Jalen Waddle is shorter than I thought he was. But people were not making as big of a deal about his overall size as they were for Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith. No, I think they see Waddle as a, a slot guy. Um, and I think people think of Smith as an outside guy, and that changes your your idea of what size that guy should be. I think it's not ridiculous for a slot guy to be 5'10", you know, 180, and be really shifty and strong and take hits uh, versus an outside guy. 6'1", or 6' foot and like 160 is, is really, really thin and really, really... Uh, not very tall, and so are you going to be able to put some of those outside matchups against the bigger, taller corners um, and those jump balls by the sideline? Okay. I'm with you. I'm with you there. What's what's taking this pick so long? I feel like I'm we not have- sure. Let's, 
let's talk about the Lions right now. I think the best fit for them is Panay Sewell. Like we said, he's falling. Um, of course, the offensive linemen. Uh, other picks that they could pick, like we talked about, Devontae Smith, but one that's a little bit of a sleeper is Micah Parsons, a linebacker out of uh, Penn State, who is also a good fit. The Lions can use some defensive help as well. Uh, they were not too hot there, surprisingly, after Matt Patricia, who was the defensive guy, was their head coach and play caller. Oh, I, I just don't think Micah Parsons can go this high in the draft. I think if you see him go in defense, we might see them probably grab a Patrick Sertain, grab a J.C. Horn. You know, those are the those are the guys that I expect to be picked first in this draft. I think Micah Parsons is obviously going to be picked in the first round, just a little bit mid to lower. But I think those are the first two defensive guys I expect to be off the board. Horn and Sertain. Okay. I think, you know, Parsons will not be far behind them. I think we're going to see a run on defensive guys starting probably at 10. Um, you know, the Cowboys pick 10, the Giants pick 11, the, the Chargers pick 13th, and the Vikings pick 14th, and all of them could use an edge rusher. Uh, that is those are all possible landing options for Michael Parsons. That is true. I I I am I I, I can see him and I can see him in a Cowboys uniform. They take the new stool uh, off into tackle out of Oregon. That is the right pick for the Lions. He fell. He fell further than I thought he would. I think this is a great pick for them. Their team is atrocious, but this is the piece that makes. The, is worth it at this pick. If you're picking number seven in the NFL draft, you want to have someone that's transformational and can really help your team going forward and building for the future. That guy is going to play like a decade in this league. Plus he's going to be a stout, protect the quarterback guy, help your run game. No, I, when I think, and I don't think seventh is a, a ridiculous drop. We look at a really high level uh, left tackle. Who's possibly a hall of famer, multiple time pro bowler, all pro player. Tyron Smith for the Cowboys was drafted in 2011 out of USC at number six overall. So Panay Sewell, a similar caliber left tackle going number seven, is not a bad spot to go to at all whatsoever. I think the, going to the Lions, if I were him, is the bigger issue for me. Uh, I'm sorry, Lions fans, but y'all haven't won a game. I won a, I won a championship since, like, Dick Knight Train Lane was playing in the 50s. So it's just back at this point. You can talk shit about the Cowboys. <laughs> Uh, but <laughs> at least we've won one in the last century <laughs> more recently than y'all did. It's, it's, it's not close. It is tough. It is tough to go to the Lions, but I feel like in that moment, that's probably not what he's trying to focus on. You know, I feel like. No, he's, no. Um, he's hugging his family. He's celebrating. He's planning a plane flight to Detroit to go sign the contract to get his jersey fitted. Um, and I'm sure he's excited to, you know, be pro. I mean, if you are taking this time to draft, everyone except about Trevor Lawrence, this is what every little boy's dream. You play football and you grow up and you do it in high school and then you want to go to college and do it. And then you get to college and you're good at it. Your dream is to go high in the NFL draft. Uh, I mean, this man, uh, Panay Sewell, you know, was one of the highest rated tackles in college football. And so I'm sure he's very happy to keep performing his craft at the NFL level and being paid for it. Because it, it, let me tell you, college athletes are not amateur by any mean of the word. They're just not paid. Look, this is this is the great pick. I I I don't want to say this, but I will. I have a feeling like 
the Bengals will regret this going forward. Will regret passing on Panesul? I do. If okay, Joe Burrow goes happening. down again, do you think they can survive the just no. media backlash of it? No. Even if these two things are completely unrelated, even if he gets taken out from the right side instead of the left side, so there was no way Sewell could even help or solve anything at all. It's just like you did not take the lineman. People will crucify you if anything goes wrong. I absolutely believe that will be the argument uh, that that happens uh, if he ever goes down in the next year or two, or heck, the next three years, I believe. Uh, and I think if he does go down, they're going to possibly be reflexive and draft a worse offensive lineman high the next year. That's the kind of thing that happens. Classic Bengals. Now, I'm, now, looking at this Carolina pick, they got their quarterback now. Who do you think they take? Okay, so I'm asking you, It's do you think they're willing to take a quarterback? Because right now, we still got Mac Jones on the board. We still also have... Justin Fields on the board. Like, are you are you sure that they believe in Sam Darnold? This pick lets you know, and I, I imagine their time is just about up now. This pick lets you know if they actually have faith in Sam Darnold. If they have faith in Sam Darnold, they are either going wide out or lineman, preferably lineman with someone like Sam, Sam Darnold who needs some protection. Remember him seeing ghosts up there in New York? Uh like Rashad Slater would not be a bad pick at this at this spot. I think that is the pick here. Yeah, I I, I, I think I, that's the pick here, and then Denver goes quarterback. I think Denver goes Stephen Fields, quite honestly, or Matt Jones. Uh, I, there's no way they can pass on a quarterback at the number nine pick. I agree. I agree. It, I'm, I'm, I I think the move right here is Rashad Slater from Northwestern. It, it's I like it. I like it. Like, I wouldn't be mad if they added some defensive pieces to that team. They had a young defense that got a lot better last year as the year went on. I wouldn't, I just don't think they need a receiver, but I wouldn't be mad if they added one for him. But I like an all line pick here. And if you're not thinking Rashawn Slater because he's pretty uh, stuck on the right side of things, Elijah Vera Tucker from USC, also someone that I've only heard good things about. And although based off where people are predicting him to fall, more likely to land in the lap of the Chargers. That's very, very possible. Very, very possible here. The pick is in. We're on a commercial break again. I hate commercials. They're the band of all existence. Uh, I pay. This is to answer your question. This is why I pay for things. I can't stand commercials. I wish there was like an ESPN Plus version of this that I could watch where it just goes silent when they're not on, on TV. <laughs> it could just be silent. Uh huh. When oh you watch like games God. on ESPN like that, where in between NFL they don't memes? say anything, NFL memes just tweeted a live look at J- Joe Burrow's other ACL, and it's the kid from The Simpsons and the chuckle. I'm in danger. Oh yeah, I'm I'm retweeting no. you. Right now. Oh no, that is awful. That is awful. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> a live look at Joe Burrow's other ACL. Oh my God. <laughs> all right, Roger Goodell's going to announce the pick now. All right, all right. 
J.C. Horn, number eight, cornerback. They went corner. Higher than I even thought. Wow. Look, I, I assume that if you're going defense, the what the first two people off the board were going to be Sertain and Horn. Horn is the first defensive player off the board, significantly higher than a lot of people told you it would happen because everybody was super sure it'd just be a massive run of quarterbacks all in the top 10 and they'd all be gone, which is like just not how the NFL works. No, no, I thought Jesse's Horn was a, certainly a high enough talent, a good enough corner to build this high. I thought it was going to be a 10 to the Cowboys or 8 to Carolina makes a lot of sense. Um, he's Like we talked about a little bit earlier, he is a kind of man-to-man corner. He's going to lock you down. He ran, I believe, a 4-3-9 at his pro day. Um, has really good hands. He shut down Kyle Pitts earlier on the last season for like four catches for 40 yards. And so I think he does a lot to help a young Carolina team find that kind of shutdown corner. Think of the receivers that play in their division. They've got to play the Atlanta Falcons who have Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts. So, J.C. Horn's going to see Kyle Pitts possibly twice a year. So you've got uh, down in Tampa Bay. You've got Gronk. You've got Antonio Brown. You've got um, Chris Godwin. You've got uh, Mike Evans. You go down uh, over to the other team in their division. Um, I'm blanking now. Um, huh? Saints. The Saints. Uh, who's got Kangar Mike, Mike Thomas. Um, and they also got Alvin Kamara, who plays a lot of wide receivers. So the pick for a good shutdown man-to-man corner who has great speed makes pick makes sense for the Carolina Panthers, both where they are on defense and for the teams they'll play six times a year. All right, Broncos quarterback, you, you feeling Justin Fields? Absolutely. Let's go Justin Fields here. I think he is the best quarterback left in this draft. Um, as of right now, the Broncos couldn't have had any scenario happen better we thought that all the quarterbacks could have been gone by number nine, but now they have their choice between Mark Jones and Justin Fields. Um, and I think Justin Fields is not quite as NFL ready, but I think long term he's the best talent. And um, if John Elway is not calling, uh, you know, his general manager right now, then um, that's going to be a problem. I'm, I'm asking the mm-hmm. that they happy with Kyle Pitts. How could you not be? I don't know. A lot of people thought it would probably be beneficial for them to trade down and build their team a little bit more because their team and their defense in particular is rough. That's true. But was that some of that Quinn who got fired and who was called the defense or is that talent or both? And, or, or what's the, what's the split? What's the difference? Who, who takes more blame there? Is it Quinn, the former head coach um, who got fired or is it just a talent that the Falcons had on the field? Uh, you, you want to say that it's probably a mix of both. Like, yeah, look, poor play gets the coach fired and a lot of players as well. But that team has just never been the same since the Super Bowl. And I do think it might have been partially just needing to inject fresh energy into that room. And that like the psyche of the team as previously constructed could just never be the same after blowing a 28 to three lead. In okay. the game of now- the now, looking at the, the board right now, so New England drafts number 15. The only team that needs a quarterback is the Broncos. So either Matt Jones or Justin Fields will be available for New England to either trade up for or sit back and wait why for. Trade up? Why trade up? The only reason why you need to trade up is if you think someone's going to leapfrog you. Could the Eagles draft a quarterback? The Eagles are actively not drafting the quarterback. The owner, uh, Laurie, I want to say, has said that they are behind 
Jalen Hurts, and they are going to support him, even though everything else that you've heard from anybody else in that organization that matters uh, leaves a lot more to be desired, to say the least. Right? They're like quarterback competition, open competition at all positions. Let's go sign Joe Flacco. Like the fuck? How'd that work out for Denver? (laughs) Not too well. From what I can see here, Unless Mac Jones is taken at 15, he's going to fall really far. He's going to fall way down in the first round, possibly out of the first round. The next team that, I mean, he'll fall past the Patriots at 15. At the back of the draft, almost none of them need a quarterback. None of them. He won't fall. I don't think he'll fall past 15. And if he somehow falls past 15, the Bears cannot turn down another white boy at quarterback. We literally (laughs) just can't. We literally just can't. We're just like, oh, fuck. We got to have it. Yeah, so we're thinking Mac Jones probably falls to 15 or 20. We did say he was going to fall. We talked about this on the podcast last week. We listed three candidates. Uh, You know, Devontae Smith is still sitting out there. Uh, I believe we talked about Mac Jones. Um, And so we were, I think, absolutely right about who those candidates were to fall in the draft. You had much better predictions for the person that was going to fall. I, I was really just like, you know, there, there's a certain je ne sais quoi that you can see going on with the mock drafts. We did the Jordan Love analogy, right? Where everybody's like, Jordan Love goes six. Jordan Love goes five. Jordan Love goes, like, Matt Jones looks like he's, he's that guy, right? Jordan Love got picked up in the mid, mid-early 20s. Mac Jones goes three. Mac Jones goes three. Mac Jones goes three. You heard everybody say it, banging the horn since the trade has happened. Uh, we are at the ninth pick right now, and Mac Jones can only hope because I don't think Denver planned their draft board with the opportunity for Mac Jones to be there because a lot of people were buying the hype. Now, if I'm Denver, though, I think Justin Fields has the higher upside. But the question is, do you want a quarterback to play this year? If you want a quarterback oh, to play this Teddy year, Bridgewater. Mac Jones. If, 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 if you take the better quarterback, period, right? Because Teddy Bridgewater has proven what he is in the NFL. He is serviceable, average quarterback play, which is significantly better than what you had in Drew Locke, unfortunately. It's consistent. It's consistently average, but it is consistent. He's mature. He runs a team well. It's a good person to learn under. So even if you're like Mac Jones is better now, but Justin Fields is better in the future, the Broncos outside of the coach, who is probably a little bit on the hot seat because he hasn't been able to win anything, right? They haven't been able to win at all since Peyton left. Unless you're like, I believe my leash is very short. Got to take Justin Fields. You'll regret not doing it afterwards. So the pick is in. Uh, so we're just waiting for Roger Goodell to walk out and announce it now. I, I'm hyped for Justin Fields. I think this is the right place for him. I think it would do wonders. Imagine trying to chase around Justin Fields at Mount High. You're going to be tired by the third quarter. Yeah. So then we have the Cowboys coming up at number 10. If the Broncos take a quarterback here, the Cowboys will have their choice between Patrick Sertain the second. Michael Parsons, uh, where do you think they go? That seems about right. That seems about right, honestly. I think that Jerry is probably oddly enamored 
with Micah Parsons. Like as soon as like I don't know why something about a player getting in trouble but being talented that just really like you know makes Jerry Jones salivate. <laughs> He's just like and that boy needs a star on the side of his helmet. Like it, it, it's box office, right? I I think uh, regardless, I think personally in our mock draft, I expect this retain to the Cowboys. Is in? The Broncos took Pat Sertain. <laughs> no, they believe in Teddy Bridgewater. Oh my God, they believe in Teddy Bridgewater. The Patrick Sertain pick. I could not have seen this happen at all. Oh wow. What are the Cowboys do here? I'm the quarterback. I don't have to oh! take the third best corner. They take Michael Parsons. You take I don't care about the Broncos no more. I don't care about the Broncos no more. I don't care about the Cowboys. Look, I wanted, I wanted him. <laughs> I think, I mean, can we use more pass rusher help, linebacker help? Absolutely, with the Cowboys, but have to take Michael Parsons. Don't take a, don't take the third best corner. That, that that's just not smart. Trade down if you're going to do something like that. And Jerry, I, I imagine likes, but that's just not Jerry Jones' style trading down. Are they? But the question now is: Is the NFL going to let Bill Belichick get Justin Fields? Look, I told you he's like the quarterbacks. There was no chance, and we've been saying this the whole time. There was no chance that you were going to lose all five quarterbacks in the first ten picks. That's just not how the NFL works. It it, it, it was just overhyped. The entire I mean, time. even despite the trade, there's arguable Denver still needed a quarterback. You know, in their division, they're playing with the Chiefs. They just they're got playing Teddy with, Maybe they believe in him. But if by week 10 you're out of the playoff race and you're, you're not going to win the division, then do we look back and say, well, was Patrick Sertain that helpful? Or should you have traded a, you know, your quarterback of the future? Or drafted your quarterback of the future? You only say that if you see people like Justin Fields and Mac Jones tearing it up. Otherwise, if Patrick Sertain, well, if uh, I'm just saying people will only say that if we see them tearing it up other other in other places, granted, if one of them goes to New England, we will. But like. The other one's possible to go to Chicago. I think in both places, those quarterbacks can succeed. If let's say that uh, Justin Fields goes to New England, slam dunk, Bill Belichick's going to coach him up. If Matt Jones goes to Chicago, does he is he able to operate with what's your offensive coordinator's name again? I, I'm blanking on his name. But, uh, uh, like he kind of exists, but eh. no, no, okay, 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 okay. You, I think Nagy could do great things with Matt Jones. Well, Nagy, yes, Nagy is the head coach, and he, he like he remember last year it was a big thing where he had to abdicate play calling uh, responsibilities, and then he tried to take them back. It just doesn't, nothing feels organized, nothing feels clear, nothing feels, what's the word I want promising about Chicago. Like, Andy Dalton, QB1, you remember the tweets, they rode the Andy Dalton train hard. I'm just so concerned right now because no one that I wanted for the Cowboys except for Michael Parsons is even here right now. They're all off the board. I, I think I'm as a fan of the Cowboys. I'm a little nervous right now. I don't know what Jerry does right here. Oh, 
So let, let's talk about this. So the best players available, the cornerback out of Virginia Tech, Caleb Farley, is still available. He's probably the third best corner, but still very good. We've got, uh, of course, talked about Michael Parsons. Uh, there's also Quee uh, Stay out of Michigan. Um, they could also possibly go offensive line. Uh, there was a statement, or Jerry or Stephen Jones came out yesterday and said, you know, the, the, the linemen who were hurt last year, Tyron Smith, Lael Collins, Zach Martin, who were the three Pro Bowl linemen, are all healthy at this point in the season. But, uh, you know, Tyron Smith is now in uh, year 11. He's having more injuries. First off, there's no games to be played. So, yeah, everyone should be healthy. Uh, but those three guys were all out for most of last year. Those are the kind of core of the Cowboys. They don't have a good offensive line. They can't run the football. If they can't run the football, they can't do the play action with Dak um, and Zeke and Amari Cooper and C. Lamb and, and all that stuff. And so offensive line here would not surprise me, but the pick is in. The Eagles are on the clock. So, um, you know, we're going to find out here very soon who the Cowboys chose. Yeah, man, I'm expecting the Cowboys to go Parsons in a second. Like, I just, I, it just feels right. It just feels like he's a match made in Dallas. It feels like he, he, well, we just got a Penn State linebacker who retired in Sean Lee. We have a new one coming in. Uh, that that makes sense. Wow. Wow. Please, please pray for me before this pick is announced. Look. Wait. The Eagles and the Cowboys just swapped picks. That's why the Eagles are. Oh, oh no. The Eagles traded up. Yeah. They traded up. The Cowboys traded down to, looks like, is it 12? Are they even in the first? Like, I'm telling you, the Eagles and the Cowboys traded picks. No, no, I just saw it. I just saw it. I realize now what happened. I don't think this draft board I'm looking at from, from CBS says the Eagles picked 10 and 12. So unless I haven't gotten the trade details yet, the Cowboys traded out of the first round. Hold on. I got to go to Twitter. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's happening. <laughs> now, I'm, now I'm afraid. I'm really afraid. So I think you're right. They didn't have the guy that they wanted. But now, what I think they, are. I think they came in thinking they'd get a corner, and they did not get that corner off the board. Okay, the Adam Schefter says Dallas traded the number ten pick to Philly for their number one and uh, third round pick, so Dallas does move back to twelve, uh, where they're likely to still be able to grab Micah Parsons, and they pick up an extra third round draft pick. So I think they have something like twelve or thirteen picks now. Okay, that makes sense. Like, I, honestly, I I was I thought that was the best move for Jerry. I did not expect Jerry to move down. He's more of an aggressive person. Uh, well, the like, question is now: if the Eagles moved up, who did they move up to get? It's uh, only two picks, so it's someone they thought the Giants were going to take. If you think it's someone they thought the Giants were going to take, I think it's either Devonte Smith, the receiver, or it's Caleb Farley out of Virginia Tech. One of those I, two. You oh, okay. I can see you. You're pushing Caleb Farley up a bunch because of the run on corners. If that's yeah. the case, it might be Greg Newsom from Northwestern. I have him ranked as the third best corner on my board. So I think that's see, I think I have Farley as, as the third on my board. So I don't think I think I have Newsom as fourth um, on mine. But if the Eagles have come up, we look at the Giants. What the Giants need right now. The Giants need wide receivers. They need edge rushers, they need cornerbacks, they need linemen. So what position was so scarce or what player was scarce enough that they didn't feel they were going to make it past 11 at the Giants? I mean, I, is, it has to either be Devonta Smith or probably a corner. Otherwise, I okay. think reasonable. I, I, it's just weird 
but it's not like they gave up a lot, right? So you got to think about it. They gave up a third round pick, which is valuable, but it's not a lot just to move up a couple spots with the Cowboys that I think I feel more confident now that the Cowboys want Micah Parsons than I did prior. Well, I think it's going to be one of those things where he's the best player available. And, you know, they, they didn't, they didn't have to stay up at 10 to get him. So trade back, get some extra capital. That third round pick could be packaged, of course, possibly to move up in the second round or even possibly, you know, so we'll see what Jerry Jones does. He hasn't been as aggressive in the past few years with trading, but with the extra third round pick in your pocket, you could move back up into the, the, the first round, possibly the end of the first round, if there's someone else that you want. Um, the pick is okay. in. We're waiting for Roger Curry Goodell to announce it now. Um, this is the thing. I did not expect a lot of picks to happen in this range between 10 and 10, like 10 and 11, 10 and 12, because uh, I guess they're all division rivals. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you gotta imagine if the Eagles are willing to trade with the Cowboys, who I gotta imagine they should hate, it's gotta be for something good, a good reason. Something the Cowboys, more importantly, are willing to let them have. Well, it seems like the Cowboys assume that they're not going to pick the player that they want. I feel like it's probably a receiver. And if you think the Giants and the Eagles really need receivers and the Eagles really need receivers, unless you think Travis Fulgham can be the second best receiver on your team again and you'll be successful. Uh, no, probably not. Well, do you think the Giants were going to draft a receiver? Were they going to take Devontae Smith? It's possible. I feel like they... Are they announcing it? Mm-hmm. Devontae Smith, the wide receiver, as I talked about, uh, that makes sense. I guess they thought the Giants were going to grab him at number 11, so they moved up to make sure they got their guy. We talked about this a little bit earlier. There are some size concerns there. Devontae Smith is about six foot, uh, 160, uh, which is really small for an outside receiver. Obviously, the Philadelphia Eagles needed a wide receiver. We talked about how terrible the wide receiver core has been for the past several years. Uh, the decent players they did have, like Deshaun Jackson were always hurt, have been hurt for the most part of the last two years. And so I think Devontae Smith uh, really helps them. Uh, that being said, talking about his weight, he has put on a lot of weight since he got to college. He was a 120-pound freshman uh, coming out of high school. And so the idea that he's even gotten to 160 in the years that he's had in college gives me a really good uh, feeling that he is going to be able to put on some more weight with NFL trainers and a full-time kind of staff helping him manage his body. Okay, but now what is now what do the Giants do? I do feel like the Giants were either going to go O-line or they were going to go receiver because they they have to make a decision on Daniel Jones soon. And their defense actually was quite good last year and it was coached very well. And I don't feel like they have a ton of holes there, but a better offensive line to help Saquon out, to help Daniel Jones out. We could see uh, Rashawn Slater come off the board here or Elijah Vera Tucker. Those are two that I like a lot for this pick where they're at. Honestly, I think right now I'm the Giants. I take Slater. I think offensive line help is what you, what you need the most. You need someone to give Daniel Jones more time. You need someone to help Saquon run the ball without, before he gets hit more often. I think that's one of the best picks the players left on the board that's a good fit for the Giants. Okay, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. I, whew, that is a little surprising. Yeah, Devonta Smith did not fall as far as I thought he would. I like that for him. 
The Eagles need. You want to point out when we did our who's gonna fall? Matt Jones was my number one pick of who's gonna fall. Well, I, now, um, yes, in the top ten, um, I don't think he gets picked until at least fifteen. So, I, but I think for someone who was projected to go as high as three, fifteen is a huge fall. And he just look. The Patriots might get their pick of the litter. So sad. How can you let that team do it again? Think about this. Think about this, dude. At this point, we have the Giants, the Cowboys, and the Chargers. None of quarterback, right? You just paid Dak a million dollars. You still got to figure if Daniel Jones is good. Justin Herbert. You honestly, you hope team like right now the Jags hope that Trevor Lawrence can have the rookie year that Justin Herbert did. Oh, absolutely. Justin Herbert, uh, he, made, he, he made believers out of all of us. If you doubted him before the season began, you certainly did it when it was over. I remember we watched the uh, Cincinnati and LA game early in the season. I think it was like week one or week two of the NFL season where Joe Burrow and Justin what Herbert had a little. Fuck? I told you. The Chicago Bears are on the clock. Oh, I told you. I told you we were going to do it. I told you we were going to do it. Justin Fields? Justin, Justin Fields, Fields, hopefully. But I bet we take Mac. Look. Oh, my God. I'm not going to talk. I'm not talking until this pick comes in. I got to talk. People I are here for it. The people are I here for that. Can't. I can't. Oh, my God. I'm so fucking frustrated. Oh, my God. We. Oh, my God. What are we going to do? Okay. So, here, here are. I think Justin Fields. I'm on. I'm. On the record, I've said this a million times, Justin Fields is the right pick for this moment. However, in Chicago, you know we love us a white quarterback who is not athletic and can't make things happen. And we are going to, oh, man, my skin is crawling right now. Like I agree, we had like we if we wanted a quarterback, we most likely had to move up. I'm, I'm still trying to figure out what we gave up right now. I assume that's a Schefter. I assume that's a you got to hit you got to hit up Schefter. We yeah, traded the number, right now. The Giants trade number eleven to Chicago. Oh, what the fuck! I told you we gave up the number twenty two, number one sixty four, a future one for next year, and a four. The, that, that, that was how they moved up. How many picks? Five. Uh, we no, we moved up eleven. We moved up eleven oh. picks. We we moved up quite the bounty to move up eleven picks. We moved up eleven. And still got one of your guys. We gave them our first this year, our first next year, and what sounds like two fours. I didn't do the math on one sixty four, but it sounds like a fourth or a fifth. If I'm coming up this high for Justin Fields, there's no way I'm coming up this high for Max Jones because I probably believe I can get him where we were drafting. I think we came up because we think New England at 15 is going to get Justin Fields. So I think I think we're going to be okay here. I think the pick is going to be Justin Fields. The pick is in, so we're going to find out here shortly. You would hope. You would only fucking hope. Oh, my God. Hey, someone called you Mr. Powell in the chat. Crap. Oh man, that's how my students found the podcast. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's one of my students. <laughs> yeah, I mean, someone called you Mister Powell in the chat. I was, I was willing to, I was willing to. Uh, oh my gosh! Oh my! Yeah, you have random subscribers. That's why. 
Oh my gosh. Our subscribers. Oh my gosh. I just, I just, oh my. Yo, we gave up the 11th pick. We gave it the 22nd pick, the 164th pick, a future foreign and future one. That is a lot. I don't know if that's a good trade or not. I don't have my trade value chart up in front of me for the draft, but I am sure we can talk about that next week on the podcast. We can give some of these draft trade grades. I like that idea. I like that idea a lot. Okay. But, oh my God. Oh, okay. So uh, some people are telling me that they are hearing a lot that Denver Denver is going to actually get Aaron Rodgers. Whoa. Yo. Yo. <laughs> niggas is calling your mic ass, DeMarcus. <laughs> they are. They are. Comparatively, it is. I'm not going to lie. It is. Uh, okay. I got that money to you. I, I just like when people talk shit. I've always been this way, Demarcus. I like rude things. This is pretty good for a Bluetooth headphones mic. Is it a professional mic? Not at all. Didn't have a chance to grab my mic today. I can assure you for future live broadcasts, I will have my mic and the full setup. This is the first time we're doing anything live. So, uh, you know, if there's things, improvements we can make, we're more than welcome to hear your criticism and um, make that improvement. We're going to hear the pick now from Carlos Nelson. Okay. Uh, I'm also just of the mind that, like, my, my camera needs to be better the second time. It does not look the same on the Mac as it does on the YouTube stream. But yours looks quite sharper. That's the field. That's okay. why. I'm happy I wore the shirt. I'm happy I wore the shirt. <laughs> Look at it go. Justin Fields. I'm actually mad excited. However, we are going to ruin another first round picks talent and career because that's what Chicago does. You remember when uh, McMahon said they, that? They made the right pick. Not? You got to have some faith. They made the right pick. Justin Fields made the right overall. I think that's right for him. I think. I think he should have been higher, but that's a whole other conversation. Um, I think that at six, almost 6'3", six, 225, has good accuracy down the field, a big arm, a, a lot of really good experience in high leverage games, um, et cetera. I think this is the right pick for Chicago. I'm surprised at what they gave up to get up to get him. But like I said, if you're moving up that much, he is the right pick. I am shook. Chicago has a black quarterback. I am actively shook right now. Like, actively shook right now. I, I love this pick. I'm excited for this pick. This pick gives us a lot of hope. I feel like this pick... Un Look, here's what I'll say. If this pick works out, we will have... Like, Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy will have erased all of their sins if this pick works out. Another trade-up, another swing at, a swing at it. It probably gives them another year. I think it means that Andy Dalton makes a lot of sense now, even if he starts the season, because that gives Justin Fields some time to catch up from behind him. Andy Dalton is also a good quarterback to learn from. I, I am excited for this. This is my expectations have been surpassed greatly. 
Like I, I can't even front right now. I am. This is the most hope I've had as Chicago be as a Chicago Bear since the year we were in the Super Bowl, and I picked the Colts to win that Super Bowl. Mind you, be. Look, look, Rex Grossman was the best y'all had been able to do at quarterback in a very, very long time. And so I, I feel you. I think you will have your good quarterback. You know, he is going to be hard to mess up. It's going to be hard to mess up. I think the Chicago Bears would throw out the coaching staff before they threw out uh, Justin Fields. This is one of those situations. Oh, 100%. 100%. So I got a question for is this Solo Watts. How does, how does the mic sound? Oh, that's Solomon. Solomon. Yeah. Oh, Solomon. How does it sound now? How does it sound now? I switched to my internal mics and I got some some noise filtering running now. Is that better for you, buddy? It actually does sound better, just to be honest. Uh, even immediately on my side. These are the two best options I got right now. So, Cowboys are now on the clock again. Number twelve. I'm afraid. <laughs> Uh, talk me off the ledge. Who are they taking? Uh, look, y'all probably gonna do something stupid because both of our teams cannot do something smart. Nigga. <laughs> I'm sorry, back to back. Crap. It's, Come a on. Wrap. <laughs> it's a wrap. Y'all about to do something wild. <laughs> of all the weird things to happen in 2021 and 2020, the Cowboys and Bears making good picks has to be right. I mean, at some point, it'd be like the 60s again. Oh, or the man. 70s. Oh my God, this is, oh my God. The pick is in for the Cowboys. We're going to find out here very shortly. I'm I'm banking on Parsons, but we'll see what happens. So Parsons makes sense. Like I said, Caleb Parley makes sense, um, as well as Rashawn Slater, the offensive lineman. Um, I think all of those picks improve the team. So we'll find out. Sorry, I thought thought they were about to announce it. I was was saying something, so I paused. very afraid. I believe I'm in danger. No, I have not been this happy as the Chicago Bears fan. Oh, wow. Since y'all made it to an NFC Championship game? I ain't have all that much hope in that one, bro. I'm not going to front on you. Yeah, they just be happy they got, they got there in 2014. Look, you got look. The thing about Chicago is we've actually been quite successful over the last several years. Like Mitchell Trubisky has actually been a winning quarterback by a large margin, not a small margin, by a large margin. But the whole time you were watching yourself win and go, this is not sustainable. This is a mirage. It's smoke and mirrors. It's all smoke and mirrors. This is a mirage. So, like, yo, that is... (laughs) So, Solomon believes the NFC is just here to sow chaos. And thus far, that is absolutely correct. (laughs) There's been two trades. (laughs) The NFC East made the draft interesting. That is a fact. I mean, this is the thing. The NFC East being good or bad makes the NFL interesting, (laughs) in in my opinion. Uh, They're all big market teams. They're going to be be on on all the big network games on Sunday. Um, Martin Goodell is about to announce the pick right now. He's brought someone out to help him. Remember that Fields was supposed to be the second pick in this draft up until like a month ago. Right. Chicago just got him at 11. We gave up a lot, but yo, I'm geeked. 
I'm happy I wore the hoodie. I almost did it because I didn't want to claim them, but like, look at this go. Bear down. He's going on about like mental health right now, which is so, so important. But <laughs> me waiting, it's not good for my mental health right now. <laughs> I need to know who the Cowboys pick. Do you have faith that you're going to make the right pick? Because I had no, no surprise. No, no. Oh my God! They're taking every last sweet second. They're hugging. Don't hug. It's a pandemic. This is not the pick. I think they might be vaccinated. You know, the NFL is making all non-player personnel be vaccinated. So, like, they might be. They might be set. They can hug all they want. It's Micah Parsons. It's Micah Parsons. I told you. <laughs> he looked like a cowboy when they traded down. He looked like he was a cowboy. You gotta. You gotta think about this, man. I'm not upset with that pick. At all. Look, talent, talented player with off-field issues. Slap a star on the side of that helmet and let that boy go. He is right at home. He is Bring him right to town. Home. Bring him to town. He is right <laughs> at what, home. What? I don't know. Listen, you have to answer this question for me. What are his off-field concerns? I don't know what the concerns are. <laughs> I got you. Can you even be a cowboy with concerns if we don't know what they are already? So I think this is obviously a great pick. Um, I think, uh, obviously, he, he. we talk about this, but he is what we call sudden. He is, and I want to pull this up, I believe he ran a 4-3-9 as a linebacker at his pro day. Okay. So the, you want the, the headlines for the Micah Parsons thing? Uh-huh. Penn State commit Micah Parsons transfers to Harrisburg after accusations of exciting a riot. Oh, Penn White State folks do that all the time. Former Penn State player details fight with Micah Parsons. Claims the coach told him not to talk to the police, according to ESPN. He's just Humphreys passionate, okay? Humphreys told a school investigator that Parsons was choking him and wouldn't stop. So Humphreys pulled out a pocket knife, which led to Parsons to stop choking him and end the fight, according to the report. MJ punched Steve Kerr in practice. Look, he's now a cowboy. I'm going to make every excuse in the book for him. Okay, just I'm, don't just worry. Saying, I'm just saying, <laughs> off the field issues, great talent, slap a star, his helmet is ready to go. Listen, those all seem like minor things. It didn't lead to any charges being filed in the second incident. I I'm sure it's fine. Listen, the man is 6'3", 245, is able to get to the quarterback quickly and track them down. Uh, that's going to be so, so important. Um, he, he, he is a fantastic draft pick um, overall. Um, he had huge jumps in production from his first to second year um, in college. I expect similar things out of him um, in the NFL. He has elite range as a linebacker. He's able to cover sideline to sideline if possible. Um, this, he has speed and not just speed, but quickness that is rarely, rarely seen at linebacker. He sometimes, because of that talent, um, doesn't always play his gaps. He doesn't always uh, make the right cut, make the right tackle. He's sometimes out of position, but that's something that could easily be coached out of him. Um, I, I'm not super confident in the Cowboys defensive coaching staff, but I do think that with some <laughs> development, uh, it's hard to mess up a talent like Michael Parsons. You don't think Dan Quinn has it? We just talked about how he was shitting Atlanta and I got fired. About it. You got a lot of more jobs. Think about it. People like uh, homeboy in uh Homeboy for the Patriots. 
Patricia? Josh McD- Oh, no, Matt, Matt oh. Patricia. Asked. Well, uh, he was the defensive coordinator and then went to become a head coach. It's um, possible he comes back. But Josh yeah. McDaniels has a longer track where he was a coordinator, head coach, now back to coordinator. Um, I think that, sure, it does help improve. I, that's certainly the, the idea that the Cowboys have, that Dan, they can retread Dan Quinn. We talk about this all the time, the kinds of coaches that get retread. It's a whole other conversation. But the Cowboys certainly must believe that they can retread Dan Quinn and they can still be a good defensive coach um, and work with what talent they do have. But let me tell you, pass rush was a big concern for the Cowboys last year. I think Micah Parsons helps fix that. Uh, we have the retirement of Sean Lee, uh, both Jalen Smith and Wolf Hunter, Leighton Vander Esch were both injured uh, at different stretches last year. So I think adding uh, to your linebackers and being able to get a, a sudden athletic player like this uh, who is just stripping in talent is gonna, overall going to help the team. It just is. They need defensive help. There was defense, and that's all I really wanted. I was afraid they were going to go. Um, okay. Now we're on to the 13th pick, the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, the best fits they on the board for them. Slater. What's that? Uh, I'm saying Rashawn Slater. He's he's fought, he's taking a little bit of a tumble. Uh, as far as everything that I've heard about the Chargers, they want offensive line help. Originally, I thought it was going to be Elijah Vera Tucker. Rashawn Slater still on the board. So I'm between those two picks. That's where I'm at right now. I don't see I don't see something outside of that happening. If that makes sense. It does make sense. So the Chargers pick is now in. Uh, so we're just waiting on that to be announced. We can go ahead and start our speculation on the Vikings pick here. Um, I think if the Vikings, I think they need an O-line too. I believe in our mock draft, I had them taking an O-lineman. Um, I can't remember which one off the top of my head right now. Uh, but I think the best fits for the Vikings at number 14 eh, are going to be, I'm trying to work with my big board here. Not pulling up for me, but they they could certainly use um, some offensive line help. I can see offensive line if you want to bolster uh, Dalvin Cook in like their rushing attack, keep Kirk Cousins safe in the pocket. I think this is a team that's built on defense and mm-hmm. they were bad on the defensive side of the ball last year. That is not how they're used to playing. That is not how they want to play. Uh, with that being said, I could see them probably grabbing linebacker from Notre Dame, Jeremiah Owosu Kamara. Or the what I have is currently, you can correct me if you have something different, the top edge rusher uh, in the draft, Aziz Ojulari. So I have heard that name. That's not the best fit, I believe, right now for the Vikings. I have it as Quinny Pay, the edge rusher out of Michigan. And so um, I, I, think, I think that's the best pick right now. Okay. I'm with you. I just think it's, I think they will, uh, I think, uh, I just, I think they go defense. I, that's kind of where my, my gut has me at. Okay. We'll find out here very soon. Um, throughout halfway through this draft, um, thus far, what's been the best selection for you? And you can't just say the Bears. Oh. I think they gave up quite a lot to get that. And I think that devalues the pick a little bit. Okay. Okay. If, if you feel like they gave up too much to say the pick was great, but I, I am, I am honestly personally thinking it's kind of the bears, my guy, 
but I will leave you be there. I will say that probably the most surprising pick that was good to me was San Francisco taking Trey Lance instead of Mac Jones. And that might be largely because of how much hype Mac Jones at three had going into it and how much of a mistake I thought it was. The second one for me is definitely Panay Sewell at the Lions. The Lions could have made a lot of other choices, a lot of worse choices. We, in fact, expected them to make worse choices, but they made the sound choice. And I like that. Absolutely. Um, the the best pick to me, I think, is Trey Lance in San Francisco. Like we talked about before, I thought that he was the quarterback on the board that in Kyle Shanahan's offense had the best upside. I think the most surprising pick for me is actually number nine, the, the Broncos taking Patrick Sertain. I was almost certain that even with Bridgewater, they would still draft a quarterback at number nine, especially with having the pick between Mac Jones and Justin Fields. Um, the idea that they did not, I think, is going to come back to bite them um, very, very soon here, very, very soon, next year or two. So what I was immediately told uh, by two people who are both, uh, weirdly enough, uh, really smart people, but they immediately said, I've been hearing that Rodgers to the Broncos is a thing. And it's extremely likely. Uh, we haven't actually got to talk about that. So while we're waiting for the pick, is he up? Is he up at the board yet? He's not at the board, but the broadcast is live. And I think he is walking out, but we'll go ahead and tease it. So there have been some rumors that came out earlier today that Aaron Rodgers does not want to return to Green Bay to play quarterback, uh, possibly even asking for a trade. That's not been confirmed yet, but there were reports that Aaron Rodgers is more than just unhappy from all the major outlets today. And yeah. so. The question is, what happens there? The the Packers say they have no, they have all faith that Rodgers is going to be their quarterback for the future, which I think is absolutely a lie because you drafted a quarterback in the first round last year. So saying that you are certain that Rodgers is the quarterback of the future seems odd. But um, they say they're, they're with Rodgers, that he is their guy. Rodgers is like, if, you, if I'm your guy, then stop drafting people who can't help us and pay me. And they have not done either of those things. And so they're in a real impasse right now. And pick us in. Okay. I, I, I want to make sure it's clear that he has said he's not coming back to Green Bay. He's, he's Slater out. Jr., Rashawn Slater Jr. to the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, like we said, the Tacqua Northwestern, that makes a whole lot of sense. Uh, we've been, he fell a little bit on it, so we thought he could have gone. In the of the past two or three draft picks, they all needed offensive line help. Um, I think this is a great fit for the Chargers to help protect uh, Justin Herbert. Yeah, I'm shocked. I think the Chargers are shocked that they got Rashawn Slater and did not have to settle for Elijah Vera Tucker. This might be kind of a similar situation where, like, you know, the video has gone around a lot recently of the Vikings draft room last year when the Eagles take Jalen Rager and leave Justin Jefferson on the board. And they're like, Oh, well shit, put, put the, put it in, put the call in right now. I think they're excited that they got Rashawn Slater. They expected to need to take Elijah Vera Tucker and they ended up getting a player that they probably had graded higher on their board. Again, Rogers is not coming back. Uh, he said he's not apparently every member of the like brass high brass of green Bay has went out to California to see Rogers and talk to him. He has not come back. And apparently none of those meetings have went particularly well. 
And I mean, you called this one the slowest car crash. You do not know that you're watching over the past, like what month plus when he was doing his jeopardy thing. So I look, if the Broncos rumors are true, that would be very interesting. It would make a lot of sense for why the Broncos ended up not taking quarterback. It would explain a lot. But why, why do you, unless you have that deal done, then why, why do you, I mean, if I'm the Broncos, unless that deal is written down and it's signed and we're just going to publish it and turn it into the, the, the league next Monday, um, I'm taking a quarterback. Um, there's no, unless the trade is done, the, the, the Packers can change their mind at any time whatsoever. It's not the Packers mind that needs change. Like the Packers don't want to trade them. They've made that right. very clear. Right. That's exactly the point. If if the Packers some for some reason think that there is Rogers a right mind. Rogers has to change his mind. Otherwise, you assume he's on the way somewhere. Maybe it's not you, right? And I get why you're saying that's the reason why you can still draft a quarterback. Because even if Rogers doesn't change his mind, the Packers could get a better offer. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And then you're left with Teddy Bridgewater and a good defense. <laughs> uh, look, yo, the mice, who knows? Drew Locke could be that guy. <laughs> He's not. <laughs> okay, I was like, you can't be serious. <laughs> I was like, did you smoke and not tell me? <laughs> <laughs> Drew Locke is not that guy. Um, Who's the worst I, pick of the draft so far? The worst pick of the draft? I don't know that they're... It means one of them has to be the worst. I'm going to go out on the limb. It's going to be Zach Wilson. Oh, okay. Well, okay. I, you know, I'm not, a, I, I'm, I already am not too high on Zach Wilson and Zach Wilson is walking into an organization that has proven. They We've can got a trade alert. Show. Okay. Talk to us. The Minnesota Vikings have traded their number 14 pick to Who? the Jets. The Jets have come back up. They're getting somebody. They've come back into the first round. I, okay, oh, I like that for Minnesota. I actually like that for Minnesota. Minnesota has a lot of holes on defense they need to fill, and they also have some holes that they need to fill on the offensive line, as you mentioned earlier. I am interested to see what the trade was for. Like, Yeah, I don't have details yet, but I did get the trade alert. The Jets are currently on the clock. They have a second first-round pick, though, don't they? So did they trade down? Did they trade? Did they trade their lower pick? I don't have any details yet. I'll get those to you as soon as they either come up on TV or online. I'm checking for those right now. But what I can do is speculate what the Jets will do here. Since they got their quarterback, the Jets still need wide receivers. They still need a, a DB, and they still need an edge rusher. Uh, I think they possibly came back up for they, can, they need offensive linemen. But if that's true, then why not wait to the second round or the end of the first round where you can still get someone really good? I think if they come up this high, I think it's possibly for the Virginia Tech cornerback Caleb Farmer. Okay, okay. If you, if you, okay, I would say why come up this high? My my answer would be Elijah Vera Tucker. Um, uh, that's fair. I think, think it could. I think the more likely selection is Farley. I think another possible pick is also Edge Rusher Aziz um, Um, I think that's also a probable pick for the for the Jets as well. Okay, you think the Jets go defense? I think they could go defense. I think to them, it could make a lot of sense. I believe Matt Sala, their new head coach, is a defensive guy. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, Robert Sala, yeah. Robert Sala, but yeah. Who do I know named Matt Sala? It must be somebody I know in real life. 
Oh man, the Patriots are gonna get Mac Jones. They pick at 15. Without oh, I said I said an hour ago. to move. I told everybody the Patriots would not move up and be like uncharacteristically aggressive with their draft picks in the future because that's not Belichick's thing. Belichick hits in the draft more than he misses. He just can't hit on a wide receiver. So yeah, I mean, I said an hour ago, Mac Jones is going to the Patriots. We're going to let them do that. And I, I think that's a great fit for Mac Jones. Uh, I think Bill Belichick probably has everything you could possibly know about Mac Jones. We know that Bill Belichick goes way back with Nick Saban. The pick came in. The pick is in. We're just waiting on it to be announced right now. So we're I'm going to be Elijah Vera Tucker. And I was correct. You're told it's Elijah Vera Tucker. And I told you they moved up to get him because it was shocking that it, I think no one expected Rashawn Slater to fall the way he did, including the Chargers. The Chargers thought they were locked on Elijah Vera Tucker, who was also an extremely talented offensive guard. And when they got the chance to take the tackle, Rashawn Slater from Northwestern, they, they obviously could not pass it up. And if you just drafted a number two overall pick quarterback, you've done this before. And the problem is you have not been able to protect them. So they not have, have not been able to grow, be successful, et cetera. We all remember Sam Darnold seeing ghosts up there in New York. They take Elijah Vera. You love that. <laughs> it, it's important, bro. If you're I'm not sure if that was all. The, I think that's partially play calling too in the coaching of the Jets. I don't sure. think that was all. It ain't help. The line. Ain't one offensive lineman on the Jets. Don't worry. Don't, uh, anyway, there's actually one that's actually quite talented, but there's no others. Uh, Elijah Vera Tucker makes the most sense to me there. It, you got to protect Zach Wilson if you're going to invest the number two pick in him. It's the same exact issue that we had with Joe Burrow and my issue with the Jamar Chase pick. That makes sense. The Jamar Chase pick, I still think it's a good fit. Um, for the the Bengals, I think this and we look we do this all the time where teams look back after the fact we, we do draft analysis three four years redrafts etc and see where teams got it right where teams got it wrong. I think the Bengals could be wrong not because Chase won't work out and be a good talent but because of what they needed at the time and what could be important for their long term future. I'm with you. Hey. Have they not announced the pick yet? Okay. So I got details on the trade. So um one second here. The Jets traded two picks, basically two pick swaps. So the guys at ESPN I'm listening to right now, I also think it's gonna be Elijah Vera Tucker. Uh, one moment here. The Jets trade pick 23, 66, and 86 for picks 14 and picks 143. And with the 14th pick, they take Elijah Vera Tucker. Yeah, at this point, we're just waiting for them to announce the pick. It, it sounds like it is Elijah Vera Tucker. Um, you're right about that. Um, good analysis there. Gotta give you your props. Hey, I, I, look, my draft, my, I've actually been kind of hot on the draft. Like, I, I, it's it's weird because if you just refuse to listen to a lot of the bullshit, it's common sense. That's the real problem. Like the like every once they were like all four all five quarterbacks were gonna be gone in ten picks. I was like, fuck these people. Uh I can't I can't listen to this garbage anymore. Like ugh. five and fifteen is not that far off though. 
That's still a lot of quarterbacks with 15 picks. Okay. It, it, sure. Agreed, Demarcus. But if we're being honest, five and 10 was the huge push for people. Okay. New England is on the clock. So if New England doesn't take Mac Jones, like, where does Mac Jones go? I imagine they will. We've both said that they will at this point. I thought they might have to trade up to get him, but as things kind of shook out, I was pretty sure they wouldn't. What? Ooh, okay. If if Mac Jones falls from here, I'm not sure he's a first round quarterback. He falls out of the first round. Oh, I mean, yeah. I, I'm just so happy that we jumped and did not take Mac Jones. Like, I, even though Mac Jones could end up being great, et cetera, especially if he goes to the Patriots, I, I, just, I don't trust us with that bag. I can say that. Not at all. Uh, people are saying Mac Jones is on the phone. Yeah, the, some of the networks don't show the, 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 that anymore just so we don't get the uh, kind of spoilers. So I, I'm not seeing footage of that right now. I'm not sure what network that's on. But and that's what they're saying. It lines up with everything that we've been we've been thinking about for a long time now, which is that uh, Matt Jones is going 15 to New England. Yeah, Justin Fields is addressing the media already for the Bears with the hat on. Let's go. Oh, quick question. Are you buying a Justin Fields jersey this season? <laughs> Honestly, maybe just because I'm excited to see him play. Uh, there's, like, if I, look, I'm just, I'm probably just personally more likely to get a Mac jersey than I am a Fields jersey. But, like, I'm That's excited. Fair. I'm excited. <clears throat> he still has a lot to prove, right? But, and so does the team, honestly. So does the team. Like, he has a lot to prove, but so does the GM, the coach, the coaching staff, everybody else. To like Mitchell so Trubisky, pick is in scapegoat. <clears throat> pick is in Robert Kraft on the phone. Um, let me while we're waiting for this pick, let me step away. I'm having a tech, technical difficulty, and I gotta take care of that. I'll be right back. Go ahead, I got you. Okay, the pick is in. I'm kind of I'm excited. I hope it seems like it's a lock for him to go to the Patriots, but you just you just you just never know. You just never know. And then after that, we have the Cardinals at pick 16, the Raiders at 17, and the Dolphins again at 18. I feel like we might start seeing some more trades down at that spot. If you're back to Marcus, do you think Washington gets aggressive if somehow Matt Jones does not go 15? I mean, I, I'm pretty sure he locked for it, but I'm interested. Well. I don't think they have to be aggressive. If he doesn't go 15 to New England, which, yeah, it's yeah. over. Mac Jones is there. Now, they were doing a bunch of, oh, the six-time champion Patriots. You're like, oh, the quarterback. Right. It's like, God, I don't care if you won six rings. I don't care. You cheated. Cheaters. Oh, my God. Get over it, dude. How? I never get over cheating. I never get over that. I mean, this is the pick that everybody loves to hate to see, you know? Well, yeah, because for so long, 
you know, New England was the, you know, it's the Patriot way and it's the football factory and all those things. It was Alabama of the NFL. Um, and so the idea that they get another competent quarterback who could be there for 20 years with competent management for at least the next five or so years is really scary to everybody because the Dolphins were like, we just got out of, from under the Patriots. The Jets were like, we're going to be good again. Uh, the Bills were like, we are good right now. And Bill Belichick now has another good quarterback who can run his offense. He has him, so he can even sit Matt Jones for a little while, at least part of the season, if not the whole season. Uh, that seems weird to me. I don't know if they, so, you know, it's like, it's the reason why people are like fields make sense because you can run a similar style of offense for cam that you can for fields. That is not the case for Mac Jones. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of weird if you want cam to start this season, even though it makes a lot of sense. Cause I feel like the offense that you're building around cam Newton cannot be the same offense you were building around Mac Jones. No, no. So once I believe if New England makes a switch sometime in the 21 season, it will be permanent. Um, and it, they will not go back to Cam Newton. Um, but I, because of that, I think that they, they stick with Cam the whole year and Belichick makes uh, Mac Jones sit. It would not be surprising to me at all that they would do that. Um, the Cardinals pick is already in. So now things are moving a little bit more quickly. Um, we're going to talk about the, the chart, the Cardinals. They are in. Um, Oh, we got a great comment on YouTube. So Solomon says that the uh, Obama costume for Mac Jones is what sold Bill Belichick on drafting. <laughs> for those who have not seen, for those who have not seen uh, Mac Jones donned an Obama costume for Halloween one year when he was in high school, I believe, and his sister published it on Twitter before the draft. No, it was it was an old post on Twitter. It wasn't like she read our old post. Sorry, it's just someone like found the old Twitter post. It. He scrubbed his Twitter. She did not scrub her Twitter. And of course, the internet is undefeated. And they actively went through her Twitter to find dirt on Mac Jones. I've even found some things from like people on Twitter are savage. Like I want to say, Micah Parsons has said a lot of homophobic things on. Um, Twitter that people have came and re uh, I guess resurfaced is the word that people like to use for this situation. It's, it's like a whole thing. So it's not surprising that a a bunch of teenage boys say homophobic things. Um, I'm pretty sure that's pretty common. I'm not saying it's right or wrong or good or anything, but I'm pretty sure it's pretty common and you can learn and grow from that from being 14, 15, 16 to being 21 and an adult and, being exposed to more of the world. Um, and so I am more concerned about Matt Jones's DUIs than I am about Micah Parsons' comments um, from Twitter when he was like 14. Are you concerned about him inciting a riot, choking a teammate, getting into a knife fight? <laughs> or are those just... Uh, listen, fun- funnily enough, I was just looking on Twitter, Ezekiel Elliott uh, tweeted, Micah Parsons, don't touch me in practice. <laughs> 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 so I got to imagine if there's anybody who would match that energy on offense and would fight him is deep. It's not Coop. It's not Dak. There's no tight end. Uh, it's not CD. It's not, it's, it's Zeke. What are your odds on a possible practice, a uh, fight at a Cowboys practice between Michael Parsons and Ezekiel Elliott training camp or regular season? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. I feel like, I feel like that's just not really that, the what, that's not how I expect violence to happen around the Cowboys. 
I okay, locker room. I'll, yeah, I, I don't. Th- I, don't, I don't expect it to be interlocker room. I don't expect it to be super public, or unless they like go out. I expect the Cowboys to get in trouble by being somewhere they're not supposed to be. Very similar to like the Sterling Browns Rockets thing. That's how I expect something bad to go for the Cowboys. It's like, why were y'all there at two well, a.m. and Micah Parsons stabbed somebody? I don't need a rehash of that. Um, you know, we live in Dallas. It is very, very easy to get into trouble. I'll say that. Um, if you want to find it, you can find trouble any time of the day. Yo, I'm kind of... Wow, this has been a very good draft so far. Okay. The Cardinals pick is in. They, put, they selected linebacker out of Tulsa, David Collins, which was not on my radar. Neither whatsoever. was me. I felt like they... Especially with the J.J. Watt signing, I didn't know that they needed to go defense, especially defense that wasn't like, you know, corner, safety, etc. I'm I'm interested to see what the Raiders do now. I originally had the Raiders kind of going off uh, offensive line. We know this is a deep offensive line draft, but it's getting uh, what's the word I want to use thin quickly. Right, that, that they're getting picked. Yes, it is. Um, if they do want an offensive lineman, they can take uh, Christian Darisaw out of Virginia Tech. Uh, it's probably a really good pick for the Raiders right here. I think he really fits in what they want to do as far as running the ball and pass protection. We just talked about their their division is tough, um, and so they're going to need some protection for Derek Carr. Uh, even if John Gruden's not sold on Derek Carr being his quarterback. I mean, he don't really have much better options. They they did they did like super finesse homeboy from the Titans. Uh, his name is blanking me right now. Uh, he lost the job to uh, Ryan Tannehill, Marcus Mariota. They yes, finesse Marcus Mariota, in which they refused to. They were never going to pay him his full salary. They let him know that they asked him to take a pay cut. He was like, no. Then they refused to make him open to trade or free agency or et cetera until all the quarterback positions were mostly filled. And then they went back to him and they were like, are you going to take these crumbs or nah? He took the crumbs. So (laughs) I don't think they have a lot of faith in him either being the step up guy. Another year of Derek Carr, another year where they get close, but maybe miss the playoffs again. Their offense would be prolific. Their defense has been subpar consistently. Only thing I hope for right now is that the second half of the draft for the first round goes by faster. It took a little over two hours and 20 minutes to get through the first 16 selections. Um, if that at that rate, we'll be here until 1130 tonight. I don't think that'll be the case. Um, we're, we're in the second half of the draft now. We're talking about the Raiders pick. Um, let us know down in the comments who you think the Raiders should draft. Should they take the offensive lineman and protect Derek Carr? Should they take a linebacker, maybe uh, Jeremiah Owusu Karamoa uh, out of uh, Notre Dame to play some defense? I like also, uh, Kitty Pay. You mentioned Pay. Yeah, Quitty Pay uh, out of Michigan. Those are all, I think, good fits for the Raiders. The question is, do they go offense or defense? You. They still have never recovered from losing Kaluga Mack as far as their pass rush goes. Right? So they go pretty pay and try to recoup that? I feel like eventually they have to 
their offense was good last year, right? They did lose a key offensive lineman, which is why people think, including me, to be honest, that they want to replace that hole that they just lost. That being said, the reason why they could not get into the playoffs last year is because their defense was horrendous. And their defense has been consistently horrendous since losing Khalil Mack. And it's, it's a situation where I feel like there's a lot of good decisions for them to make out here. Um, they're at the point of the draft that there are a ton of good decisions for them to make. Um, I, like I said, I'm just really hating these commercials right now because the pick is in or the pick. Uh, they got two minutes left. So the pick, by the time they get done and Roger Goodell walks out there, they're going to be on the time. Anyway. Um, and so I think, I just don't know why this can't go faster these days. I just don't know why. <laughs> um, this is one thing that didn't change for the pandemic, unfortunately. Yeah, honestly, it's. I feel like they're expecting to go to 1030, but expecting to also finish early. But that does not seem the case uh, if they continue the same. Well, lots of teams are taking their sweet, sweet time on the clock. And for some of them, it makes sense if you don't know who you're taking. But for others, where we the picks were slam dunks, we knew who they were going to pick a month, a month ago. Um, it's kind of crazy that they would take the full time, the 10 minutes at the top of the first round to figure out who to draft and make the call and get the, the pick turned in. Okay, while we're, while we're waiting a little bit, uh, let's, let's run into something else that I had for you. We have seen a lot of the Giants, like we've seen the Giants make their first round pick. Uh, another big update for them this week was that Saquon Barkley is back. He is healthy enough to start participating in football activities. We will at some point very soon do our team predictions with the 17 game schedule, but are you feeling a Saquon bounce back season? Um, Not quite. The only players who have been able to have that ACL tear and come back Better than before, like Adrian Peterson. I think that's the end of the list. Um, Saquon <laughs> is is quite amazing, but he is not quite AP at his prime coming back from an ACL tear. Um, I think he will start off slowly. Um, I would not be surprised if he missed time during games or maybe a game or two for knee soreness or swelling. Um, this injury is usually an 18 to month kind of injury before you're fully back to being yourself. Um, it's a little less than a year after the initial injury. I think he had injured in week two last year. And so it makes sense that he's fully healthy, but there's a difference between being healthy enough to practice and be and being the player you were before the injury. Uh, I mean, we saw Saquon had freakish ability um, on the field. There's, of course, the famous play where he is essentially outrunning the entire defense so badly he throws up the deuces at them. Um, can he be that guy again? Um, and I don't know if he's that guy week one. Can he be by week six? Kevin Porter Jr. just dropped 50. The NBA oh, just wow. fought racks. <laughs> oh, okay. So the Raiders go Alex Leatherwood, the tackle out of Alabama. So they do go offensive linemen. They take Alex Leatherwood, the tackle out of Alabama. Interesting. 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 Thoughts on that? Is that the right pick for the Raiders? Um, I, I, I'm not against Alex Leatherwood. Uh, it's here's what I'll say. There were other offensive linemen, particularly offensive guards that I had higher ranked on my list, still available in particular, Landon Dickerson, who is also from Alabama. 
I think is a better prospect. We also know that if you wanted a tackle position instead of a guard position, there was Darsaw who was still available. I Look, it's the right position that they need to fill. It's just, do you think they've made the correct choice? I didn't see him. I, I had Leatherwood being a second round on my board. So like, this is a, this is higher than I expected him to be drafted higher than a lot of people expected him to be drafted. Maybe they've seen something that we did not see, but he wasn't even the best offensive guard out of Alabama this year. No, I think he's probably the second or third guard on the board overall that I had coming in before the draft. Um, I do think it's an overall solid selection. I'm not sure um, how I would grade that just yet. We'll have full grades for the first round um, for y'all coming out next week. Uh, but as of right now, I think it's a solid pick. Like we talked about, they needed offensive line help. It's a matter of if it's the right guy. I don't think it can really go that wrong, though, picking lineman from Alabama. Um, even if the upside is not as high, the downside is much, much lower. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I'm yes, it, that is that is a fact. It's probably it's like a tough pick to hate on, you know. Absolutely, not what I saw coming. It's a tough pick to hate on. Uh, I like it. I like it. Miami comes back around a second time. Does Miami go offensive line help now, or does Miami go running back? We I think they need to go offensive line. Okay. There's still a lot, a lot of good offensive linemen left in this first round. Uh, there have not been as many taken as we even thought there would be. I think we're on the you know fourth offensive lineman taken so there's still a lot of talent left um out there tonight okay i can see uh christian darisaw finally getting that pickup the virginia tech guy huge dude 6'5 322 i i could like i i think they'll probably wait this to the second round for a running back but it is one of miami's glaring problems is they have no run game I mean, yeah, but we know you can find an undrafted free agent who can come in and rush for a thousand yards. Um, not unheard of, quite common, actually, um, especially if you think you're going to have um, Tua, who is going to also challenge defenses. It's going to make it hard for you to defend the run. And now they have someone to stretch the field. So I think finding any serviceable running back um, is going to be helpful if you get an offensive lineman here, which the pick is in. Because um, right now, Tom Machete has their, their running back need as a second need. Garden center as third and then right tackle as fourth. I think they go offensive lineman, though. If you have a good offensive lineman, you can get just about any solid running back and they'll look good. The line makes the back. The back does not make the line. Yeah, I, it's very, yeah. Even in the case of Zeke, right? Zeke, um, I think it's a great example of this. The offensive line broke down about the same time Zeke's numbers went down. Everyone is saying it's Zeke, but people aren't remembering that uh, he had like four Pro Bowl linemen his first and second year in the league. And it is and kind of Zeke, though. Zeke is not who one you guy retired, and three of those guys were hurt last year. Well, so Zeke was not who you thought you he was because of the line he had. Like, think about the line makes the back. If you don't get touched until you're three, ooh, Jalen Phillips, they go defense. They go defense, they go edge rusher. Jalen Phillips. Um, that's quite interesting. Again, not a pick that was on our radar. This is, I guess, where things are going to go a little bit chaotic. <laughs> um, yeah, I did not. Uh, okay. Definitely not one of their top needs as far as I think we were concerned or any of the analysts um, at most places. I thought if they were going to go defense. It would be, again, Quiddy Pay, who's still on the board, who's falling. Does someone move up to get Quiddy Pay? Also, Jeremiah owosu Kamora is still falling as well. <laughs> Notre right, Dame. The linebacker linebacker. Out of Notre Dame. He was the second-ranked linebacker on my board after Parsons. 
Uh, wow. Yeah, I just didn't see the Ed Rutcher thing happening. I thought they'd go line or running back. Those things seem both significantly larger needs, but you maybe they're just confident that this player's a dog. He's that guy? Yeah, absolutely. So, and if he is uh, that guy and he's a fantastic edge rusher, I kind of feel bad for the Raiders. Absolutely, I do as well. So now the football team is on the clock. Uh, by that, you know what I mean? Washington, not just some random team. Um, I think Washington also, they need to help a lot on defense. <laughs> I think they could easily take a linebacker or a corner here. I think it's a little too early to take a safety, which is something else they also need. Um, again, I've said this a few times, and it's, it's falling a little bit, but Caleb Barley, again, is a good pick here for Washington. Um, we just talked about Jeremiah Wosu, Cormoa. Um, and also kind of under the radar, Christian Darisov, offensive lineman out of Virginia Tech. All of those three would be good picks here for Washington. Um, we'll see this real soon here. So Raiders while we're waiting for the happy, what's that? Raiders Twitter is not happy. They're like, man, the Raiders really suck at drafting. <laughs> <laughs> so while we're waiting on this Washington pick, let's talk about another story uh, that came out earlier today, and those were reports about the Broncos and a possible new tight end, but a former player. So there are reports that Tim Tebow That's is going to work. What's that? It was the Jags, not the Broncos. Uh, Jaguars, sorry. Former Bronco uh, Tim Tebow is working on a tight end for the Jaguars. Um, of course, there's an Urban Meyer connection there, Urban Meyer coach uh, Tim Tebow when he was at Florida. Uh, what are the odds on Tim Tebow coming out of retirement and playing tight end in the NFL? Uh, man, I I feel like this is kind of just like Tebow's name is hot. So Tebow does things that people are interested in it. Like Tebow obviously understands football, but this is like pass. I don't really see this being a real thing. You remember when he was playing baseball too? Like I think Tebow is just like, mediocre white Snoop Dogg. He'd just be doing shit. <laughs> so, but is this, is this Tebow trying to latch on to anything to use what's left of his athletic talent before it kind of runs out? Um, you know, because at the, at the end of the day, players realize they are, they're mortals <laughs> um, and their time is limited to, to use their bodies. You can always be an announcer. Um, you can always play golf, but you can't always play football or baseball. Um, is this him just trying to see if he can do this one last thing and make a good career out of it? Look, I I have no hate or like, you know, feeling that that's a bad look, right? It's like if he can play tight end, like he has the body type for it. Uh, I mean, he's not extremely fast, but he might be an efficient blocker. Like, it's not that it's infeasible. It's not like it's impossible for him to do it. It just doesn't feel like anything that really moves the needle or changes anything in, in a massive positive way for the Jags, unless they're going to start using him in some gadget Taysom Hill type things. You know, if that's what happens, sure. I think that could actually be interesting. Uh, that's fair. He's a little bit older. He's already 33 and he has a birthday in August. So he'd be 34 at the start of the NFL season for any player that's a little bit long in a tooth. A lot of tight ends start. Uh, retiring at around that age um, and start to kind of lose their legs. Um, I think he has the body type. He's 6'3 and has always been really well built. 
Um, it's a question of can he actually do it? I've, I've not ever heard of any reports of him being able to catch balls, so I have no idea. Yeah, I'm just not. I'm just not super big on it. I'm over. I'm over Tebow mania, and I'm as a person that defended Tebow as a quarterback probably a lot longer than most would have thought was reasonable. That's fair. Like I, I, like I was just like the man wins games. The man took a losing team to the to the to the playoffs. I think he won a playoff game. He did. He beat the Steelers on a walk off uh, uh, touchdown to I uh, can't remember um, Demarius Thomas. Look, 88. before it was Dame time, it was Tebow time. Oh, Tebow time was you had to had to stop what you were doing when. And this is the same thing. You get a little alert. Broncos are down 7, 10, 14, hell, 21 in the fourth quarter. You're like, after the first time, you're like, oh, it's a fluke. Second time, you're like, maybe there's something to it. Third time, you're like, okay, I'm watching the end of every Broncos game or I'm look, I'm getting red zone town because that man is going to make something happen. And he had, I think, six comeback wins like that. His first year uh, taking over as quarterback for Denver and made it to the playoffs and then beat Big Ben after they had just won Super Bowl or not, you know, they had just been to one a couple years earlier. So Washington pick is in linebacker, Jamin Davis from Kentucky. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Did Jeez. not see that. coming. I, I, I got nothing to say about this guy. Cause I didn't know research on <laughs> Jamin Davis. Yeah. Like, okay. I think this is like now where things are starting to get a little bit odd. Like, Wow. I'm trying to find, I, I had him at 36 on my board. So I had him as the fourth linebacker uh, and I had him going in the second round. That's kind of crazy because Jeremiah owosu Kamara is still on the board and, and that's my linebacker too, is, is getting no love. He is falling heavily. My linebacker three was Xavier Collins. I want to say he just got picked up, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, there's something happening with Jeremiah owosu Kamara. Because they are picking the linebackers that I, I and many other people on their board had after him. Uh, what is going on with that slide? I'm not sure. Not sure. But um, Giants are on the clock. Finally, they traded down from number, I believe, 11 to 20. Is that right? Yes. With the Chicago Bears. Um, what do the Giants do here? What, do you, what is your best option for them? I think the Giants stay pat with probably a similar strategy. They'll grab one of the offensive linemen that they still think are going to be available because of the slide that happened. Solomon mentioned that in the chat. Once Sewell slid, everybody started sliding or they grab that corner, right? Everywhere else, I think they're set. They could grab a receiver, but I think we are kind of out of the area where receivers are. Yeah, the top talent is gone. Yeah. The top three were clearly Kyle Pitts. Or the top forwards, Kyle Pitts, uh, Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle. After that, there's a huge drop-off uh, to the fifth, sixth, seventh uh, receiver. Um, I think that Kadarius uh, the Giants I have on my board for the fourth and fifth receiver receivers. And Rashad Bateman is the other one. Okay, we're at the part of the draft now where we're going to start digging deep in our draft boards, digging deep in our player profiles. Um, teams are doing things that are unexpected. Um, you know, we know kind of what each team needs in the draft, uh, but even amongst those needs, they're not picking the players we think they're going to pick. 
Um, like we said, you know, uh, Quiddy Pace still on the board. There's been lots of linebackers and edge rushers picked. Uh, we still got Christian Darrisaw on the board, even though there's been lots of offensive linemen picked. So very, very I confused see, I here. Can see, I can see Darrisaw going right now, actually. I want to say that. If you think – well. The, the Giants have had a, a bad O-line for over a decade. So any O-lineman that can be good for them is good for the Giants. Am I happy as a Cowboys fan they get better? No. Uh, but I, I at least want to beat a decent team. I don't want – if we win, I don't want people to say, oh, it's the NFC least. That's why y'all want. No, 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 no. I want to beat the NFC teams. least, though. They just beat up on each other, you know. That's, that's yeah. And there are so many injuries last year. Look at yeah, all the stars I, in the East that were hurt. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I, I, I would, I would not be surprised at all to see Christian Darasaw go here, and I, it makes a lot of sense given the way offensive line started shaking out that they would trade down and still feel comfortable with the guy that they could get. Okay. Oh, now after this, we have the Colts on the clock. The Colts, of course, big, big trade early in this offseason for Carson Wentz from the Eagles. Uh, they were a good team last year with Phillip Rivers. Uh, what do you think the Colts need to improve uh, next year? So I think for the Colts, uh, I, I want to say that they are probably concerned with their receiving core a lot. Their defense was actually pretty good. They have a couple stars on defense. The emergence of the new running back at the end of last year, his name is slipping me right now, but he, he went on a tear at the later part of the season last year. Uh, I I think it, Carson Wentz is their guy. They're sold on that. What the issue for them now is having a number one wide receiver. T.Y. Hilton is no longer that. Uh, you hope Pittman, Michael Pittman Jr. can, you know, take the next step and become that. But honestly, you need receiver talent in that room. The rest of that team is stacked is stacked like is i need to hmm what's the i think the running back you're talking about was a jonathan taylor for the call to i have here rushed for 1100 yards and 11 TDs last year yes yes and you got to remember they still have marlon mack on that squad who was yeah. great the years prior i want to say he might have gotten hurt uh, during the year, which is what let Jonathan Taylor kind of come into his own and put up the numbers that we saw. So I'm, I'm, I think that you receiver is the place where they are just the worst, right? All right. The giants pick is in. So we'll find out soon, but I think you're absolutely right. Receivers where they are the worst. They have T Y Hilton. And after that, there's no depth whatsoever. And he was hurt a lot last year. And so they really struggle to have receivers get open for Phillip Rivers, who is not a quarterback who's going to run around uh, and make time. Um, I think for, we talked about this earlier in the season with Carson Wentz, uh, he is rebuilding his confidence, rebuilding how he looks at the field. They are going to need receivers and targets for Wentz. One of the big, big problems in Philadelphia was that Wentz did not have any receivers. Remember, we, we talked about that we made fun so much fun of the Philadelphia Eagles receivers were still making fun of their draft selection last year for not taking uh, Justin Jefferson and taking Jalen Rager. And so they have to, they have to improve their receiving core because it only helps their new investment in Carson Wentz. Oh shit, dude. Uh, I just been like kind of fucking around on Twitter during this thing. And one of our tweets is going buzz nuts for no reason. It has like 700 likes, nine hundred retweets. 
I told you, I said the NBA fined my, uh, Kevin Porter Jr. 50K. He turned around and dropped 50. The man is a legend. And it's just going crazy because the man is a legend. That was going to be the tee off this week. We'll probably talk about it next week because the draft took a lot of time. But neither here nor there. Uh, just cr- and he did it in 26 shots. I don't know if you like it. He did it on 26 shots against Drew Holiday. So interesting. Um, I, I actually, I don't know if I told you, I bought League Pass. So I've been watching condensed versions of a bunch of games, about 10 minutes. And certainly I can send you that and we can watch it. But the pick is in. Let's hear what the Giants did. Kadarius Tony, wide receiver out of Florida. Fourth wide receiver wow. on the board. They wanted to go receiver. Yeah. That's, that's a little shocking. I didn't see that coming. Oh, sorry. I did not tell you that. I said that for the next team on the board with the Colts. It is kind of shocking that they went wide receiver instead of offensive line, considering how poor their offensive line was. That is my bad, a correction. I mean, I hear that Kadarius Tony is good. I hear he's a real fast guy. He's six foot, almost 200 pounds. It's interesting because they just gave Kenny Galladay like bread, bread, bread. Like, you got to say it three times. That's how they paid my man. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm like, I'm, I'm of the mind that like, they just kind of want to put all the weapons. And if you think the offensive line draft is as deep as it is, which is a talking point that we've heard a million times, maybe their second round guy uh, can be that for them. And they could address the offensive line there in the later rounds. They get another receiver. Now they have three good, they should have three good high talented receivers and Kenny Galladay, who can be a real number one Sterling Shepard, who was honestly better as a number two, when most of the focus was on OBJ, those were when like he had his high higher moments. They now have Kadarius Tony down there as well. They have a tight end, um, very inconsistent, but has a lot of potential. His name is slipping me. Evan Ingram. There we go. Oh yeah. Yes, very high potential, but inconsistent. Like, this is the moment where they get to say, Daniel Jones, can you ball? Well, he has to. If he's any good, which we thought there were questions about Daniel Jones coming out of college, um, it was kind of a surprise selection. I think the New York Giants took everyone for <laughs> by surprise when they did that. Um, he's looked okay in the time that he's been out there. Um, you know, he has I think his most famous play is like a 76 yard run, um, not anything for being a quarterback. So there's that. Okay, I'll put you. So, but like, okay, in retrospect, the J.O. Don's pick looks way better than we gave it credit for because pe- remember people were like, how did you not take a homeboy from the uh, Redskins? Now he plays for the Steelers. On the one-year deal. Haskins? Yes. Or no, no, no. Not take Dwayne Haskins. Yes. Yeah. How did you not take Dwayne Haskins? I cannot believe you took Daniel Jones. And look, a couple of years later, we're like, damn, good thing you did not take Dwayne Haskins. And you took Daniel Jones. <laughs> oh, wow. No, no. It looks much better. Again, we talked about the Colts pick here. At this point in the draft, people are taking people. I have not done much research on. You know, they're showing highlights here of the receiver out of Florida. Uh, and I can't say I've watched a ton of this, his highlights. These, these are these are new to me. Um, this is deep down in the draft. Um, if you want us to have better draft coverage next year, help us out. Give us those likes. Subscribe to the channel. Uh, make sure you come back. 
so we can spend more and more time doing this, um, being better at it, doing more research for you. Uh, maybe we'll have a real draft board next year that you all can can see live as the draft happens leading up to the draft. Um, you know, just let us know uh, what ways we can improve if you're watching. We love talking football. Even if we weren't doing this, we'd be watching the draft right now. And so um, it's really, really important that you communicate to us how much you care by liking and subscribing on our YouTube channel. Big vibes, big vibes. I, I yeah, mean, yeah, it's actually been going quite well. We got a video that's about to hit a thousand views, which is going to be our first video to do that in one day. In one day, yeah, yeah, in one day. That's that's a thing. They hit a thousand in a day, so that's that that's exciting. We appreciate you all for rocking with us, hanging out with us, subscribing, checking out videos. If you share it with a friend, that is also huge. It does a lot for us. It increases our views exponentially, and we cannot honestly put into words how much we appreciate y'all hanging out with us listen to us talk our shit like there are any number of analysts you could listen to talk on the draft they're probably not as funny though all right let's see is this pick is this pick in yet the pick is in It's weird because I actually care about the end of this first round and the draft. And like, you obviously shouldn't, but pick 27 and pick 31, right? The um, two Ravens. Ravens. Yeah. The the pick they got uh, from the Chiefs at 31 when they traded Orlando Brown to the Chiefs. The Chiefs get another, uh, get a left tackle, rebuild their line completely. That was a trade that I actually wanted to talk about a little bit. That was huge. Oh, not just because of the cheap. I mean, we saw the Super Bowl. We all watched it. We go, we went in. Look, if you would have told me that the Chiefs were not going to win, um, I would have told you a lot of terrible things and called you out your name. Uh, and they didn't. And we saw Patrick Mahomes quite literally run for his life. He ran for something like 500 yards before the before getting sacked or getting the bird of the ball, um, which is an NFL record. And mostly it's because they lost their two tackles. And so the Ravens not only make the trade, you know, makes sense from their end that he's on an expiring deal. Uh, you haven't been able to work out a new deal with him, but why trade him to the Chiefs, a team that you've seen in the playoffs regularly or could, should expect to see quite They're regularly to the Super Bowl. Just help them. Yes. You have to go through them. Um, and so it's so weird that you see teams trade with a in-conference rival who is a perennial playoff team. Um, and so that's the more shocking part of the trade for me. I think what they, and they could have possibly gotten more for him. Um, but apparently I guess no one else was offering more. Um, so they took the deal the chiefs had out there and the chiefs just got better, um, which should be scary for everyone. Um, you know, we talked about the Patriots, not the Patriots, gosh, the Buccaneers running it back. Um, I don't think the chiefs want to run it back. I think they're saying we got Mahomes. <laughs> we want to get a little bit better. We need some, they're like, if, if Mahomes has time to throw, even amongst the, the really good secondary that Tampa Bay has, uh, they have a chance, if not a very good chance at winning that game. Um, and I think for them, it's, we made one mistake. We didn't have enough offensive linemen, not enough depth. Um, and that they can fix that mistake. They should win multiple Super Bowls here in the next few years. And I don't blame them. I, I was shocked because Orlando Brown is a uh, beast. And honestly, they literally just like, we have a better left tackle and you could play multiple positions on the line. And he's like, yeah, no, nah, I play left tackle. Trade me. 
and they traded him to the Chiefs. And that 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 is the crazy part. I just, uh, I mean, they got a first round pick back, right? So you got to think that the Ravens just believe that they could hit on their scouting and that they can become a. It's hard to live down that trade if they knock you out the playoffs. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, that is what everyone will say when it inevitably happens. Now, do I think that the Chiefs could beat the, the Ravens without that trade? Absolutely. Do I think that this makes it more unbalanced? Absolutely. Um, and if you're the Ravens, you've got to start trying to make, at a certain point, you stop trying to plan for teams in your division and start planning for teams you're going to see in the playoffs. Yeah, because they're getting to the playoffs pretty easily at this point. Ah, Quiddy Pay is finally off the board. The yeah. Colts went uh, defensive end out of Michigan and Quiddy Pay. I think this is a really good pick for them, but I think they still need more offensive line help for Carson Wentz. Or not offensive line, but they need more wide receivers for him to throw to. I think that this I guess at this point. I, I think this might I think I think you're right. I think this might be a situation in which at the pick they're at, right, 20 wide receiver that they grab now will be a reach. We talked about the gap, right? Between uh, top receivers and the bottom receivers and bottom being just like not high first round talent. And maybe they're just like, take the best talent that helps our team get receivers in the later rounds. Don't reach for a receiver here just because we could use one. And it's look, I'm, I think Quiddy Pay is possibly the best player left in the draft at this point. So I never have any problem with you taking talent um, for something that you also need um, as well. Maybe it's not as high of a need. I agree. I agree. It's also like, um, what's his name? Ballard? Ballard, the, uh, I want to say this new GM there. Mm-hmm. Chris uh, Ballard? Yes, Chris Ballard that came in at, like basically at the tail end of the uh, Andrew Luck era. He is hit. This man is good at his job. So, like, it's hard for me to ever shit on a pick or a decision that they make because since he has came in, he has really, really, really just, like, knocked it out. Drastically improved the roster. I I, I mean, turned it over. I don't disagree with you whatsoever, but the roster was so, so bad. It was amongst the dregs of the league. It's the reason why Andrew Luck is not in the league right now even though he should be a top five quarterback in the NFL today. Agreed. It was Agreed. almost just because of the, how bad the roster was. And so the, the floor, the, was, the bottom had fell out. Um, and, but he has not just added better players. He's actually hit on a lot of the picks. Uh, think about the linebacker um, for the Colts. I'm blanking on his name, but he came in and set records for tackles in a season. He came in and set um, – all kind of records for like sacks for a linebacker, et cetera. He won all kinds of awards. Um, it is Darius Leonard. Darius Leonard. Um, okay. Fantastic, yeah. fantastic pick. And also like Quentin Nelson. Mm-hmm. Best mm-hmm. old lineman in the league and will be for probably the next seven plus years. Like, I, I, I have nothing but great things to say about Chris Ballard. No, no, absolutely great. I think this does help them. And look at their 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 depth chart right now for their uh, pass rushers, and they're not people that you know a lot about. We have Taquan Lewis um, and and uh, Al Quaden Muhammad, and that's it. Those are the the Colts pass rushers. So I don't think that 
picking up Quiddy Pay um, is a bad move whatsoever. Uh, but again, I think offensive line is a concern. I think they are probably at the point to where they said they can probably get someone later in the draft. Uh, wide receiver, sorry. Wide receiver is still a problem. They're probably at the point where, again, like you said, they don't want to reach. They can find a good player, second, third, fourth. Hell, undrafted free agent wide receiver who's going to come in and eat um, or possibly make a trade in the off in the rest of the offseason before we get to training camp. I'm sure there will be at least one. What's that? Are you in the mind that Odell Beckham Jr. is still on the table? Oh, he certainly should be. I mean, we saw the Browns last year after he got hurt. Uh, they they were much better offensively. They actually came together and clicked much more consistently. Um, their running game is fantastic. I think having having Mayfield try to throw to Odell Beckham messes up the Browns offense. I think it's the right move for the Browns to move off of him. Um, it's a question of where does he go? He's had some injury history. He's a bit of a diva. He costs a lot of money. Um, and so the question is who would pay a lot for him and could the Colts pay for him? Yes. Uh, well, I think he's actually like, he's his contract is relatively reasonable considering where where star wide receiver money is today because his contract is very old. He only has like a year or two left on it. So I think, uh, I think, I think they could pay for it. It depends on like what the cost would be to get him out of there. Could you get him for a second? Could you get him for a sec, a four, a second and a fourth? You know, I don't think he can go for a first with all the injuries he has. Could you get him for like a third and a fourth? What's the Browns asking price? I think is the most important thing, uh, less so than like just his cap hit. That's fair. I think at, at this point, it's got to be at least a second. At least a second. What do you think? I think a second. I think he should get a second. I, I, I think if he gets a second, then like the Browns have done their due diligence on the trade. I think that what... Would I like to see him in, on the Colts? I actually want to see him resurge. I don't know if he feels like his resurgence that he is looking for, he wants to put in the hands of Carson Wentz. Well, that's the real question, um, is how much do they trust Wentz um, for that resurgence? I mean, I'm not sure that I trust him, but that's me. I was I was down on Wentz all season. You can go back to September, listen to the podcast. Catch on Spotify. I was talking to all kinds of mad shit about Carson Wentz um, way before any of the Eagles fans ever realized exactly how bad he was. Okay, it sounds like Solomon says Tennessee's going Farley. About time. I I, I think it's still a it's not a bad place. Twenty second at corner, still a really good first round pick. Um, Farley, I think, helps them. They got Mike Vrabel who calls the the place. He's a defensive minded head coach. Uh, we saw what they did on offense. If you could run the ball and play defense, uh, that's a good combination for winning football games. We saw this team was just in a championship game not too long ago. So I think going Farley here absolutely makes perfect sense considering the wide receivers you're going to have to stop in order for your offense to have a chance to keep up in some of these shootouts that are going to happen in the AFC playoffs um, in the next year or two. Facts. Okay, I'm with you. Uh the draft is dragging. They're still at pick 20, what, two technically? 22, almost three hours in, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the time that they had it slotted for was ending around uh, 1030, but they're not going to meet that at all or get close. Uh, I'm of the mind that 
the I actually want to see the Steelers pick. Steelers pick 24th. And I say we end this, we 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 end the live stream at the 24th pick. How about that? Okay. I like that. that we end that. The live at the 24th pick. We'll talk about the later picks later on. You can catch us on the next on the next episode. We're probably gonna have a lot of draft feedback content coming up, you know, grading the trades, grading some of the major picks, talking about some trends that we saw in this draft. No, no, absolutely. And and stick around for after the 24th pick. We will have a baller's bouquet for you. Um, I think you'll like this selection. Um, just stick around just a few minutes with us and we'll see who is deserving of our love and kindness this week. Pick is in, so we're just waiting for it to be announced. I swear waiting for Roger Goodell is about a third of the time that has been wasted here tonight. Yeah, it's now official. It's Farley. Uh, makes a whole lot of sense. Uh, Minnesota came back. They're picking here again. Do we think that Christian Darrison finally goes off the board? I would hope so. But, I mean, Minnesota, I'm telling you, they're just a team that I feel is gonna is heavily focused in on defense right now. Just that is Zimmer's bread and butter. That is how he wants to win games. And they have been shedding defensive talent non-stop over the past couple of years and it has hurt them uh a lot to be honest a lot that absolutely has so that's that's just it ain't, it ain't a great look on their part you know no no not at all not at all So we're waiting here on Minnesota, and then we're going to see this Pittsburgh pick. Um, what what in particular about Pittsburgh is so intriguing, intriguing to you? What, what does do you think they Pittsburgh need? has no run game. Pittsburgh has a crumbling offensive line. Pittsburgh has great defense, great receivers. They're already locked on their quarterback, have a backup. They hope that they can maybe mature a little bit. So I'm like, what do we do? Do we see the first running back go off the board here? That is what has me interested about Pittsburgh. Does the first running back go off the board at Pitt, especially since they did not keep James Conner? Who is the next man up? I think you can find a running back just about anywhere. I think the Steelers have are a tough spot. Do they think that they can extend the window for winning with Ben Roethlisberger in a division with Cleveland and, and Baltimore, quite frankly, and an upcoming Cincinnati team? They're keeping him through this year. Well, it's, I mean, future-wise, are you are you just getting through this year and wanting to have him one more piece, or are you starting to think about the future already if you're the Steelers, so that you don't have a lot of downtime in between winning eras? So I think they're thinking about the future, possibly. That's why they kind of took the fly- flyer on Dwayne Haskins, who has all of the physical gifts, uh, not the maturity, the uh, like picking up of the other parts of the game that you would have liked, right? So I think that, that right now they have someone behind Ben. You know, Mason Rudolph is also still there for a stopgap. They're not going to draft quarterback here. So I, I'm of the mind that either they take an offensive lineman or they take a running back. And I think if they take a running back, Najee Harris gets taken off of the board here. Uh, I hear that, you know, Travis Etienne would be also a good pick. 
people say that he has like a little bit more suddenness. He's quicker. He kind of shoots through the gap faster. And but Najee Harris can bruise. And that is the Steelers way of playing football. So I'm just like. I don't know if you want to let it go here just because your running game is so abysmal. It was a large part of why you all collapse in the later part of the season. So it just has me of the mind that you got to address that now because it might be the biggest hole in that team. I absolutely do think it's the biggest hole, but it's again, the thing that the running back, you don't want to draft so high. This is the, the position has been devalued massively. We hardly ever see first round picks whatsoever. Um, even at this stage of the draft. Um, and I think they probably largely stick with that kind of mindset going forward here and probably thinking they can find a running back somewhere or trade for a running back somewhere. Think about the teams who have two or three good running backs on their roster. Think about even a team like the Cowboys, their backup running back um, uh, real fast and shifty comes in to kind of spell Z. I'm blanking on his name right now, but can you see the Steelers trading for someone like that? Oh, Okay. I, I I know who you're talking about. I mean, maybe I, I can see that the issue is just like, man, their their best running Tony back, Pollard. Tony, Tony Pollard. There you go. Thank you. The their best receiver is gone. That was James Conner. I mean, their best running back was James Conner. Their second best running back was Jalen Samuels. Their third, Benny Snell Jr. Like, it's not like they haven't been trying to use the second, third round guy, undrafted guy to make their run game work in Pittsburgh. It has been a miserable failure. Yeah, they have not hit whatsoever. It's Le'Veon Bell. But if that's, it is, it, they sh- looks, that's a whole, whole other thing. Uh, but I mean, with what it is, do you think that? Do you think that that can be fixed in one move? If they've been bad at grabbing that guy in the second or third round, there's not any clear consensus guys right now in the draft that I would I would say that I would pick at 23 um, to or 24, sorry, to to bolster my team because we have the 23, the Vikings pick coming in. Um, so, do you trust yourself then to pick a running back when no one else has done so in the first round, really? And you want to go out of your way to do that? Like, who is that guy? I, I'm telling you that. The consensus running back wise is that there's Najee Harris, there's Travis Etienne, and then there's everybody else. And the other guys are like, you know, Javante Williams, who I who is from North Carolina, who's good, but people aren't like salivating over him. But outside of those three running backs, I don't think anybody else is really making waves for like the top hundred players in this draft. So I think once a couple of running backs go off the board. It ain't really much else there, but I guess you'll be taking them in later rounds, So it'll be fine. I just think it's such a poor spot for your team. It's such a large spot of need for your team that unless you're, it, it just seems like the right move for me. It seems like Najee Harris here. I'm not mad if they take Travis, Travis Etienne instead from Clemson, Najee Harris, obviously from Alabama, it's just if they're not going O-line with Big Ben being fragile, unable to move a bunch and their run game being poor and they're not going running back. I just I don't know what they're doing. OK, yeah, it seems like Minnesota took Christian Derrissaw. 
that's the O line, man. Like you, you makes a whole lot of sense. Oh yeah, if they didn't take defense, they were taking O line, man. At this point, I am, I am very, very. I'd be very surprised if the Steelers did not take a running back here. Uh, Etienne, I think may maybe. Here's what I'll say: I'd be zero percent shocked if. Travis Etienne ended up having an overall better career than Najee Harris. I just think Najee Harris is the bruiser type back that fits Pittsburgh style of play. It's like, we want to get up on you, play great defense, and then run the ball down your throat. Right. I mean, that's a solid strategy that has been known to win NFL games for decades now. So I don't know why anyone wouldn't want to do that. Um, So it totally makes sense here. Last year, Uh, it could have run. (laughs) Big Bell well, was, I mean, times. solid strategy if you can run and get up on people. Um, and obviously, they couldn't do that. Uh, we're waiting for the pick right now. They had four minutes left on the clock. Um, I think if, if they're taking a running back, they should know who that is. I feel like it should be. Actually, I think, I think the pick is in. Oh. I think the pick is in. Okay, look at them not wasting time with the bullshit. Thank you. <laughs> Five minutes of my life I can have back. <laughs> so could the Steelers shock us possibly though and go defense someone like Asante Samuel Jr. the quarterback out of Florida State Owosu Kimura is still there too like that's the crazy part also an option absolutely uh, the Steelers are typically a pretty well run organization I feel like they're going to go defense given knowing Mike Tomlin and kind of what the team does. I think you're right. They don't have a run game, but I think um, their philosophy, their instinct says defense here. Mm-hmm. It's just their defense is already decent. Well, yeah, but they traded away. Um, what's the guy down in Miami? The cornerback who was unhappy. Uh, can't think of his name right now. It was a really big deal at the time. Uh, are you talking about Minka Fitzpatrick? Yes. They got Minka Fitzpatrick. I'm Minka. sorry, they got him. That's fair. That's, they, oh, they got him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's where they and probably... decide his fifth-year option like two days ago. Right. Uh, but you need more of those guys, ostensibly, in that oh. division. I, look, more of Minka Fitzpatrick's will, is something that no one says that they don't want. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'll take a Minka Fitzpatrick. I'll take a Jamal Adams. I'll take any of those guys. Um, I think, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I speculated enough. The pick is in. We should wait for it. Um, I think the NFL is going to be really interesting this season. Um the draft is obviously this weekend. So tomorrow night is the second round and then rounds three through seven or Saturday. Um, and then we have the a schedule announcement on the 12th. So in a couple of weeks here, so the Steelers pick is in. All right. I'm telling you, Najee, Najee Harris, Harris. You. Najee Harris. You were right. Yeah, You I, were they right. Do it. They had to do it. He's six, one, two thirty two can run people over. He's a bruising back. That's what they needed. That's I, I was waiting for the first running back to be off the board. Jacksonville is now back on. We can run into the bouquet. Yeah. If the picks come in. I'll like, you know, signal. We'll get out. We'll get the vibe going. Yeah. So 
Thank you for sticking with us. If you've been here the whole time, uh, we're going to go ahead and do the normal wrap-up for our show. We're going to end it right here. It's getting a little late, and the last part of the first round is really never that exciting. Uh, I want to talk about someone you probably have not heard of, probably not a name you hear quite often, but his name is Isaac Rochelle. He plays for the Los Angeles Chargers, and he was nominated for the Walter Payton Man of the Year for his efforts off the field. In particular, about his kind of mentality off the field, Rochelle said, quote, I have these goals while I'm in the NFL, 1A and 1B. 1A is to be here and have a great career. And 1B is definitely making a massive impact in the community. Because of the way that I was raised and the kind hearts that both my parents have and my family has, I learned to have that same type of compassion for people. I'm just so thankful for it. So uh, during his time last season, he had a uh, he had a CU on Sunday campaign um, that worked with a uh, local human, um, where essentially he became a philanthropist um, and really helped uh, change the lives of humans in the Los Angeles area through his donations. But of course, that's not the only thing he did. He's getting this award because he did something for the kids, and everybody knows here on the Fly Around podcast, we love the kids. So uh, Rochelle had um, an event called, uh, participated in teams events for bikes for kids. He visited veterans in the VA hospital. Um, he also wore the initials uh, Fallen Heroes, um, you know, and as well as shared them with another nonprofit that he works with called the TAPS, which is the Tragedy Assistance Program for Survivors. Um, and um, he also participated in the My Cause, My Cleats. Uh, movement. So this guy is always doing all sorts of things, um, but that's not it. You got to wait. There's more. Um, he also provided $5,000 worth of groceries to 45 families before Thanksgiving. Um, he funded meals during the COVID-19 pandemic. He sponsored a local Make-A-Wish chapter. Um, he rallied his teammates to support calls for justice um, and challenged them to, 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 to do the work uh, outside of the stat line on the field and really make a difference in their community. Um, you know, and through his efforts, he was able to generate a lot of the revenue for a foundation called the Do Good Foundation uh, through that local human partnership that I talked about before. And this, of course, um, both of those organizations surprised local teachers with gift cards and cash donations, um, as well as created uh, limited edition t-shirts that help uh, people both stand up for social justice and become aware of uh, things like voter registration. And so he was all over the place for the Chargers last year. Obviously, this is why he was nominated for the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. I, I can say if someone is doing these kind of things from philanthropy to social justice work um, uh, to, to just helping kids and visiting hospitals and making people happy and having it a point to be a good member of their community, um, that is a good person. That is someone who deserves recognition. And I always love recognizing not just players who are star players, which we do a lot of in this Ballers Bouquet, but players who you normally wouldn't hear about if that's not your team. I am sure most NFL fans, people who may even, even watch Chargers games, don't know who Isaac Rochelle is or would be able to pick him out in a crowd. And he doesn't do it for recognition. None of the people who, who come up on here do. Some of them even, in fact, hide uh, all the charitable acts they are a part of. And so we want to give a big Ballers Bouquet to Isaac Rochelle of the LA Chargers. You should smell these flowers because you deserve them. All right, vibes, big vibes, big ballers bouquet. All right, we are 
at the tail end of this broadcast, the next pick still hasn't even come in. You know, they love taking their sweet time. We are going to be out for the night. We appreciate you all rocking with us again. I can't say this the most. I can't say this anymore, but I will. And we will see you all again next week on next Friday, which we'll have a more traditional style of episode that you usually hear from us featuring both more football, basketball, as well as, you know, the conversations we like to have, such as the bouquets. 